Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. And welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, aka Vertvic, and my co-host is Yes. I'm pointing to you on the screen. Who are you? Oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. I am Sean in your face, Holly. In your face, Victor Marland. I think so. this week it might be in my face. Mm. Right in my fizzog. Oh yes. This right. is a podcast about arcade stuff. If you're listening to it, you should already know that. But welcome anyway. And we're going to start, as we mean to go on, tell me, Sean, what have you been doing? Because I've been doing lots, so we'll get on with your stuff first, I think. Yeah, I've been doing lots as well. I've had a fantastic couple of weeks. I was off work for a couple of days, and me and wife... Me and wife, my wife. My wife. Wandered down south, went down the southwest. We went to... We had a wander through the Cotswolds for a couple of days. Oh, lovely. I got married there. Nice. Mm, it's really nice. Stow on the wold and bought and on the, on the something else. Water. Bought and on the water. Yeah. Mm, they're nice. Cool. Like going back in time, little old quaint villages, you know. It's lovely down there. Very picturesque. And we fell out of the bottom of the Cotswolds and landed in ah. Bri- landed in Bridgewater where the Time Warp Arcade was. I was going to say to you, what are you doing in Bridgewater? But there's an arcade. It's an awesome arcade. And we have, I met Stuart Tracy, and we have a very good explanation of what happened what went down <laughs> what, went down? what went down hello kids i am at the time warp arcade in bridgewater and here is the owner mr stuart tracy hey stuart hello everybody hi sean you're right well, what we're gonna have to do is a look around and see what you got all the cabs and that because there's tons here and what i like i like the vibe of the place brilliant thank Excuse you me. Yeah, it's got a nice little arcade vibe. And how many machines have you got? Working about 45 at the moment, but I've mm. got about 55 all in with the, the projects we've got going in a couple of breakdowns. Mm. So there's yeah, 45 working cabs. That's cool. And there's a, a lot of variation as well. You've got shooters, drivers, sit-downs, cocktails, loads of stuff. And also you've got two pool tables, an air hockey, a, what are that? Is that a fus- table football or foosball? foosball. People foosball. call it foosball, yeah. Which apparently yeah. you say is really popular. Yeah, yeah, the lowest tech thing in here, and it's one of the most popular things in here. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just bought on a whim, and it turned out to be really popular. So, right, so let's have a go. So we go around, right? If we start from up the top, yeah, here. yeah, sure. You have consoles and you, you explained earlier you get a lot of children in yeah, because yeah. there's hardly anything to do in Bridgewater yeah uh, all we've got really in Bridgewater we've got 40,000 population and we've got a cinema and that's pretty much it so nice. when we opened we discovered we became a family destination as much as a gamers destination so we decided to get a lot more sort of kid friendly stuff so that they could play on something while their parents would there be playing all the games they used to play so I tried yeah. to cater with both markets at the same time so you've got some nice sofas and they're making like a comfortable environment with Super Mario All-Stars Super Mario World I used to love that. Yeah. I had the Super Mario All-Stars packing cartridge. You've got a Mega Drive there playing Sonic. 
And on, th on this wall with the consoles, you've got a 360 playing FIFA. Yeah. A little stand with the DSs. Yeah, the cover DS console. DS XL is that? Uh, yeah, this is just the old DS. Yeah. And a PS2 playing, is that a demolition? Yes. Flat Out 2, I think that is, right? right. With, with the console games, every couple of weeks we change them over. So we've got a lot of regular customers that come in yeah. week in, week out. So we try and change things around a bit. So they've always got something different to play Excellent. when they come back. And the other one is a Wii U with Smash Brothers Melee, is it? Smash Brothers Melee, you usually have that, or we have Mario Kart 8, which. Yeah, usually yeah, again, very, people very popular. love it, don't you? I love yeah. Mario Kart. But with the four controllers as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially for fluid. Well, I say kids and adults, really. You've got a nice, comfortable seating area as you walk in, and lots of drinks and stuff that you can have. And what's this first cab as we walk in? Um, first one here, it's the Neo Geo Bowling. Um, mm -hmm. It was a, it's a donated cab that originally was a Silver Strike Bowling, so. Yeah, oh, I like that. It didn't have the game board with it, so we converted it to run SNK Bowling instead, just to keep the theme. Mm -hmm. I was playing that recently, it's a good game. Yeah, it's a good fancy player game. This next one, I don't recognise, Konami Overdrive. Yeah, I only picked that up a few weeks ago on eBay. It was £150 of no bid, so I just sort of bid on it and won it. <laughs> um, obviously, as you can see, it's, it's, it reminds me of a kind of a cross between Power Drift and Outrun. It, that's what um, it looks like, yeah. It is really good fun. Really yeah. good fun. Then you've got the classic X-Men four-player cab. I bet that this gets a lot of play. Yeah, yeah, very popular. Again, dads and dads and sons particularly like to play this together. One oh, of the first machines I got in. Brilliant. And then going around this corner, Dino Blaster or Bomberman, is it that? Is it? <laughs> no, no, uh, Super Pac-Man or something. Is it? Um, oh, I, I don't it's, know. It's in the Lord's Tale. Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a bootleg board. I'm not quite sure mm. what that one is, actually. <laughs> It's in the Lords there though, so that's good. Star Wars, Star yeah. Wars environmental to be finished. Yes, yeah, so but when I bought it, I was told it'll spend more time not working than working. I didn't believe them, and unfortunately, it spends more time not working than working. Um, <laughs> yeah, ten months it took us to work out how to repair the vector monitor. We've actually repaired it ourselves from scratch, and then a week later, the board stopped working. So, yeah, oh. it's on our to-do list. Uh, Thrash Rally, I like that. Uh, it's actually a, a Neo Geo 4 and 1. There's four, yeah. four games in that one, which again, we rotate them around regularly. Yeah. So I've got a stack of Neo Geo boards, Neo Geo cartridges. Have you played. Oh, God. I can't remember. It's, it's a 3D Neo Geo one. It's not that one over there, it's a different one. Oh. I'll remember right. it in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got. Is that a Williams multi board in it this? Is, it's one of the uh, 19 in 1 multi boards that yeah. one gets. So. Got the usual, like Ghosts and Goblins, um, Robotron, things like that on it. So down this row, we've got the, like the 60 in one kind of yeah, things for, for the classics. These two are the 60 in ones, obviously Donkey Kong, Galaxian, Space Invaders, etc. Yeah. So in it's sort of got the vintage feel in the Jammer cabs. And what's this one? Um, oh, Super Space Invaders or uh, Majestic 12 Space Invaders oh. 91. My wife, who's just left a gun yeah. shopping, she loves this. Yeah, yeah, again, one of my old favourites. Used to play that back in the day. She calls it the cow game because it's a cow. <laughs> of course, yes. Chase HQ 1 and 2. That's yeah. kind of Chase HQ yeah, 2, yeah. isn't it? Chase HQ 1 and a half, because I mean, yeah. they, they did make a Chase HQ a few years back, didn't they? So oh, yeah, actually, Chase oh, yeah, HQ, yeah, two two HQ 2 has yeah. digitised graphics. A much more modern version, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, they're both in stand ups. Yeah, yeah, originals. Then we've got a Radmobile upright, but it's playing uh, Millie Miglia 2. Yeah, try and say that when you're drunk. Yeah, yeah, I can't oh. say it so well. So. Capcom versus NN. 
SNK in a massive Naomi DX cab. That looks brilliant, that does. With a nice seat at the front. Yeah, yeah. so uh, again, one of my first purchases when we were setting the arcade up. Uh, always popular. Uh, again, got a couple of boards for it, but I've actually threaded the screw in the uh, in the boards. So I can't change it over at the moment. So I need oh, to, um, yeah, but it's popular. I, I was going to change it over for um, uh, Wable School Sue, Product Justice. But, um, mm. yeah, Millennium Fight 2000. Yeah, still popular. So. Yeah, great machine. And the dance machine. Yeah, by popular request. I wasn't going <laughs> to get one when we first opened. Dance stage supernova. Yeah, yes, so asked for it so often, so we had to get one in. Mm. And again, it's very popular. It's good if we get the families in without obviously being sexist. You get the boys in playing, you know, the racing games, the girls jump straight on this. Mm. And the boys as well, obviously. But uh, Got to be fit to play that, so I won't be. Yeah. Yeah. Street Fighter 2, one of the Street Fighter 2s yeah, in, in the big yeah. And what's this? I don't know what this is. Um, I have seen it, I can't yeah, remember the name. Someone offered to me a while ago, Ninja Baseball Batman. Um, sort of very Final Fight-esque sort of comical yeah you're a weird baseball bat person destroying giant <laughs> baseballs with legs and things very odd but again really good fun to play <laughs> right moving on I just had a go with this this is good yeah. I, haven't, I haven't played this this is Club Cart European oh I don't know, I don't know which one I yeah. played actually yeah. but I, I used to play this in Coral Island in Blackpool a long time excellent. ago yeah excellent machine massive sit down machine that, that was a big space that one so yeah it's really good fun to play. Another massive machine, twin Manx TT Superbike. I was playing kind of a spiritual sequel to this, which is called... Oh, I should remember stuff. MotoGP. Right, right. MotoGP, yes. and it's got the wind blowing in your face Excellent. and all that. But it's really, it's just this that's updated for 2016. More modernised. Then uh, two pool tables over there. All oh, the fighting, the punch thing. Yeah, yeah, fighting mania. Um, the, really, the, really popular. The springs come out and you have to punch them in order yeah, or something. Yeah, all the pads come out and as soon as the light lights up, you've got to hit them in time. And it's about speed and precision, not about power. You do get right. people that punch the hell out of it. And then they come where you bruise the wrist. And it's like, well, they wonder why they've lost. It's because you're not playing it right you know? <laughs> There's lots of artwork on the walls as well. Old classic flyers and stuff. Old to Beast, Back to Future, Robocop, Fallout 3. Yeah, God, my son loved that. A lot of the decorations, actually donations from regulars. I've got some old posters you can have, oh. so you kind of put them up. And Another Naomi playing virtual tennis, always a favourite. Uh, it's just a Street Fighter it's 2 cab with Neo Geo in it. Yeah, yeah, it was a donated cab that was a, a fixer upper. Um, and we've got, we tried to keep it a little bit sort of similar. So we've got um, SNK versus Capcom. So yeah, the other one's right. Capcom, so this is SNK versus Capcom, I can't remember. Uh, SBC Chaos, that's it. They're all similar to me, to be honest. Yeah. Metal Slug 6. Yeah, running a Thomas Wayne. The last Metal Slug that made an arcade. That's appearance. Right, yeah. That's right. They've carried on, haven't they? They've been on consoles and yeah, they're, they're on mobile now. Oh, yeah, mobile yeah. platforms. Uh, Mental. Racing Jam Chapter 2. Another one I've never heard of. Yeah, again, another one I picked up right at the beginning. I actually bought this off of Videotronics, I think. I bought a, a whole job lot of machines off them. Oh, the website. Um, yeah. yeah. So that is an upright Konami racer from 1998. I have not heard of that one. This is another... Uh, Tekken 3. Tekken 3. Awesome game, some people say. Arti <laughs> in a massive. What's this? Massive Neo Geo cab. Big Neo Geo cab, yeah. yeah. So. Arti oh, Arti 2, sorry. Carrier Airwing. Carrier Airwing. I've just yeah. been playing, I thought it was P47, it's been that long. That, that's a, a Jammer cab. This is Puzzle Bubble, Puzzle de Pom. Puzzle de Pom, yeah. yeah. It's another Neo Geo, so again, we tend to rotate the games around now and again. Yeah. 
great game. Puzzle games are always popular. Yeah. Oh, moving over here. I've not played this yet, I was on about this earlier. Yeah, Final lap three. Which I can't, I, I seem to remember it being really good and I like the graphics, but you're yeah. saying it doesn't, it's, it's not enough. No, it's, I think it's supposed to be designed for multiplayer only. Um, oh, right. I've gone through all the options online and in the manual, and I just can't find any kind of proper one player mode. So, no matter how many times you play it, no matter how badly you do, you always come first. Because mm. um, you're not playing anyone, which isn't very helpful, obviously. Well, so, that's alright. So. It's still good fun. Puzzle Bubble! Oh no, it this is a Neo Geo. Yeah, yeah. Another, another Neo Geo 4 in 4 in 1. What have we got in here? How do you do the game select? I forgot. Uh, yeah, a Fatal uh, Fatal Fury, I think, is one of them. Um, is that Burning Fight? Is that? I don't know. I get them all mixed up because they're all. I know Neo Geo is a great machine, but so many fighters on it. Yeah, yeah so we change them over. So I've been mean, I've got loads of the fighters, which again I do sort of rotate around. So I think this is a Fatal Fury. I've also got the golf game on here. Um, I think I might have one of Metal Slugs on here at the moment as well. And Puzzle Bobble. I always keep a Puzzle Bobble somewhere. Yeah, always it's great, isn't it? And this is cool. Yeah, I haven't played one of these car. for years. Sega Touring Car, yeah. It's a bit more skiddy and slidey than I remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. crashing, you might need to get it sorted. <laughs> or I'm crapped! <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, it's me too. When it first hit me, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And I just hit every wall going. Yeah. And I, I don't play driving games because I, I suck at them quite badly. So it's a bit of getting used to. Two pinballs there, yeah, Lethal Weapon 3, <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation. In the corner we have a Garfield of his guarding, a Vectrex and an Atat, Star Wars Atat. It's great that. Random stuff they're lying around. So. <laughs> right, another load of cabs down here. This is, is that Toki? Uh, no, this one is, um, Toki's actually over here. But this is uh, Caveman Ninja, ah, uh, yeah, form, yeah. Uh, often known as Joe and Mac on the consoles. Ah, that's it. Ah, brilliant. Virtua Striker. Nice, nice big cab. This is what I've just been playing, Raiden Fighters. One of my favourite ones. Is it Raiden or Raiden? Because I always call it Raiden. Raiden, they say. It, Raiden. it is Raiden, is yeah. it? Yeah. Right, well, Japanese Raiden. say Raiden. Right, okay. It's me then. <laughs> Apparently, we've just found out that it's a Japanese um, onomatopoeia, is it? Rai, Rai Jen or Rai Jin is yeah. Japanese for lightning. So, so Raiden as a lightning symbol yeah. and the company rising as another as a lightning symbol yes, as yeah, well for the I've eye. That, yeah. yeah. We might have got that wrong, I think he's right. <laughs> this one is is it uh, uh, forgotten uh, fighter. fighter that's it. the first one but Virtual Fighter remix hence we right. added textures. Right. I remember when this came out it was such a massive sort yeah, of stir yeah. in the arcade like Polygon Fighter was really smooth I remember because I lived near Burnham on Sea or used to as a child and I remember going into the local arcade there and seeing it for the first time and it was just like oh look it's all 3D and I was just in awe <laughs> just seeing this game in 3D it was amazing it's awesome isn't it this is one of my favourite races because yeah. it's just so good there's only three tracks I think but Rave Racer great game that's another double sit down job yeah, yeah. so you'll see all the taped up um, controls when we bought it the chap who picked them up for me didn't tie them down properly right um, and this one broke loose and was just rolling around in the back of the truck all the way home oh god uh, and it smashed all the panels in and in two years I've not been able to find replacement panels so uh, yeah if anyone's got some replacement panels I might be interested with the yeah. driving perceptions <laughs> oh yeah they're rare to find them aren't they and even more cabs. What's that? Vapor Tracks. Vapor TRX. Um, it's Midway. Again, one of the first ones I bought before we open. And 1998. 
yeah, it's such a really nice game. It plays a little bit like Wipeout on the console, so you kind of run this hovercraft thing, mm. flying through cities, and oh, you've got yeah. to sort of shoot the other players. Um, problem is, going back to one of Vic's um, tips, always check the inside of your cab when you buy it. There was, um, as well as being really damn because of the, the roof problems we had when we moved in, um, that we actually found a coin inside the power supply. Oh. But unfortunately, we found it after the machine went bang and blew virtually every component in it. The oh, monitor okay. went, the game board went, the speakers went, we literally blew the whole cab, and it's been right. sat there gradually being fixed bit by bit. You'll get there. One day. Outrunners, double sit down. It's got a load of big cabs and it's quite a big space when you look at it. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's um, really well laid out and as I said before, it's got that nice vibe, like a like a comfortable feel to it. I can't explain thank it. You. Thank you. Um, yeah, Outrunners, double sit down. That's a weird, that's another one that takes a while to get the control it's off. Very drifty again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is good. Hydro Thunder. This is quite a, well, we'd call it a recent one, but it's Yeah, not. yeah, it's, it's, it's still sort of mid, mid late 90s. Yeah. But, uh, like Wave Race, isn't it, on the N64? Uh, 98, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to like this on the Dreamcast, and uh, yeah, I found this one and really, really wanted I it. I think the same company, no, no, it was Midway, they did H2O Overdrive or something. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I think it's a kind of a sequel. Sure sequel to it, this is Prop Cycle, what I ran about the other day. Yes. Monitor, monitors away for repair, is it? Yes, yes. And it was, the, the screen just kept jittering and getting lines all over it, and it just wasn't. Oh, it God. Wasn't really yeah. playable. So. I remember it being very easy to pedal, but I must it, have been playing on the. It's easy to pedal unless you want to beat it. If you yeah. want to get the perfect score, you really have to go like the clappers. And then so. that, that's it. Yeah, I remember it. That is Area 51 Site 4. That's a sequel, isn't it? Yes, yeah, that's a follow-up yeah. game, yes. That's the kind of digitised graphics. That's a stand-up double shooter, as is Lethal Enforcers, Lethal Enforcers yeah. which is like Lethal Enforcers, <laughs> if you have a list. That's really good. That gets a lot of play out. Yeah, yeah, that's a popular one. And Silent Scope 2. I know James RGP's got Silent Scope 1, and it's always played. That's a really good game. And, oh, that's good. How come I've walked around here and I've not seen this? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not Aliens Extermination. That's yeah. fairly... Is that a 2000s it's, job? It's about 2006, I think. Yeah. 2006, 2007. Uh, personally, a big Aliens fan. And I actually went on Western Supermare the Pier the very night it burnt down. Nothing to do with me. And I actually had it on then. I played it for the first time on the pier. And I was dying to go back and play it. And, of course, the next day it wasn't there anymore. Um, so, actually, as we were getting ready to open, I put feelers out with a couple of dealers to see if they could find one. And, thankfully, one of them found one for me. So... Uh, Probably my most expensive machine in here when I bought it, but really, really. Popular. I'm gonna have a go at that in a minute. Yeah, great, great fun. Excellent. And we have Virtual Cop 2, a more recent edition, but again, yeah. very popular. Yeah, they popular are. In the day, and because it's one of my newer machines, so very, very good. Right, and then we have a repair area. Yeah. Which is everyone has. Yeah. So there's some good stuff in there. You can. Uh, there's another fighting mania, yeah. a defender, and a load of other kit. A, a vampire night deluxe in the back of there which we just can't seem to get going that is that kind of go. house of the dead sequel kind very, of thing very similar yeah, yeah exactly the same lines yeah. So, um, yeah it's just it's just one board we need to replace and no one seems to have it so mm. we've looked for it for two years we've gone on the forums we literally tried japan america no one seems yeah. to have this one with the jbs board that we're looking for so mm. no one seems to find it obviously we've got a couple of other things i've got an alien 3 the gun behind there which the board's playing up on a couple of jammer cabs and new pioneers so like, basically waiting for moments of repairs. Like with um, Arcade Club, it's a constant cycle of 
repair. Yeah, endless yeah. repairs. I mean, I was always, I always had this target getting to 40 machines by last Christmas working, and I would always get to 40, guaranteed within a week, two or three of them would break down. Yeah. And then as soon as I got back up to 40, they break down. So now they're at 45, with the amount of monitor repairs that are waiting, as soon as they're done, I'll actually hit 50 machines or really? more. So, uh, so have you, do you have any more like future plans to expand, or are you going to concentrate on perfecting this or just going to carry on perfecting this place to yeah. start with um, a lot of people keep asking if we can get like an alcohol license so we might think about getting looking for that next year maybe in mm. the evenings only do like over 18s nights now yeah. have a couple of drinks while they're playing people always asking for that mm. um, my target is to get to about 75 80 working machines at any one time which ah, brilliant we, we, we floor plans it and we can easily fit about that many and without it being cramped and crowded so right if, if we keep getting busier and busier then yeah almost now we'll just go where go where we go see what mm. people want and you're open Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Yeah, Friday nights, Saturdays and Sunday daytimes, yeah. Brilliant. That's awesome. You also own some computer shops as well, don't yeah. you? So you're a very p- busy person. Yeah, yeah that's um, some w- one of the sort of the banes, really. is uh, The idea was to open this and have a few sneaky plays with my friends and actually spend more time repairing things or hoovering <laughs> up and stuff than actually do playing. But uh, fortunately, because I've got the computer game shops, they do tend to take it on time. So it's my, my proper day job. This is more of a yeah, an after-hours hobby job. Mm, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Stuart. You're very welcome. And thank I'm going to have a, another about an hour before my wife gets back and drags Lovely. me out. Yeah. And yeah. I'll have a quick game on probably riding fighters. Yeah. Thank Aliens. you very much. Thank you very much indeed. Cheers. Mm, so that's really good. And as I said, it's a great little place. So if you're in the area, visit it. And I would say I can't give a higher recommendation than if I lived in that area, I would frequent it quite frequently. I bet you would as well. <laughs> well, yes. I'll tell you what, we spoke about this before, but the next time you're down this way near me it's actually my turn to go and see you next but then the next time we come down we'll take a jaunt to bridgewater because it's only three hours or so maybe from here maybe a bit more i don't know and we'll mm. go and see them ourselves get, get a 10 pence in the house in an area mm, yeah mother hubbard yeah <laughs> and there's also a video walk around that oh you got your little about. gopro on did you well i've used my phone now because the Ooh. pro is not as good picture as my new phone so. is, is it a go amateur yes go it's a go okay yes go go it'll do <laughs> yeah nice one so i'm looking forward to watching that i saw the pictures mm, lots of old cool. cabs there or sort of new ones and old a bit of a mixture bit nice of a mixture. Mm. good for the kids good for the old folks oh yeah what else are you doing Last weekend, mm-hmm. I was helping James Retro Games party out. We went up to Newcastle with nine cabs in a, one of those Luton van devices. You mean Newcastle? Yeah, that's it. Pet. Super Stu Morton was up there. Okay. He, he lives up there and he helped us out. Cool. That was a... It's kind of... A kind of a club environment, the I play gaming things. They have lights. I'd say the average age was about 23, so I, fit, I fitted right in. Do you know what I mean? Right in with the kids. Right in. They have Call of Duty, FIFA, Mortal Kombat, them kind of competitions. They have a DJ on stage sort of comparing it. Uh, uh, sorry, an MC and a DJ on stage. And then they have these retro games in the corner, like these cabs. You mean our corner? Yeah. Yeah. And I was... It's... It's quite surprising, really. Like people were playing Super Hang On, and I kept saying, "Look, when you get to 280 kilometres an hour, there's a button there. Press it, and you speed up." Oh, brilliant! Thanks. No, no, that <laughs> button. Press that button. Just forgot about it. And Paperboy, and it's just it's just alien to the, to these these youngsters. Yeah. Like driving along the street, it said you press that button near the handlebar, and you throw papers. Because why would I want to do that, man? <laughs> oh yeah, because because in in the UK. 
paper boys used to put the papers through the letterbox, and in the, in the US they just chuck them on the lawn. Yeah, you know, so that's what you. I suppose that's really weird, isn't it? You wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, kids even in the UK, unless they watched, you know, US TV shows or whatever, to see that they wouldn't know that. Mm. It'd be like, well, I want to put it in the letterbox. I'll get told off by the manager if I don't put it in the letterbox. And yeah. people, kiddies, kiddies were actually queuing up to get on Cuba. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Cuba is a bit of a family game, isn't it? I mean, the ladies yeah. and the kids normally like it, as well as us old folks. Not kiddies. I call them kiddies, but they're like 20 years old. Yeah. There's an over 18 dude. It is a challenging game, though, isn't it? So I expect it's just mm-hmm. one more go type of thing, isn't it? Yeah, so really enjoyed that. Got about got home about half four in the morning, completely shattered the next yeah. day. It's always the way with those things, isn't it? Mm. It's well worth it. It's a good oh, yeah, yeah. Good do. Cool. So what have you been up to, Victor Marland, over there down south? I shall take a deep breath. Lots of things. Right, mm. you, all to do with the cabs in my garage, really, mainly, because uh, they're all in various states of disrepair, a lot of these new ones I've had. So firstly, the Battlezone Vector Monitor. I stripped it down, cleaned it off and repaired bits of it. Still not working quite well. Uh, but I needed to paint on some red non-conductive varnish. When I was going on about that a little while ago, and I fixed one other monitor with that. It was arcing at the back. Right. You put this sort of paint around the anode cap, and what it does, it stops the arcing coming out because it's non-conductive. And all the paint mm. on the Battlezone monitor, and bear in mind it's 30-odd... Oh, God, 36 years old, isn't it? Mm. All the paint was flaking off, and it just fell away in my hand when I took it away because it's been out and it's been exposed to the elements and stuff. So I, I put some new that varnish on there. The best stuff to use is, is Corona Dope, but it's really expensive, and I had this stuff anyway. So I popped it on there, and it's working a little bit better than it was, but still the picture is only like three-quarters of the screen, and it's quite jittery still. It's moving around. Mm-hmm. So I've ordered some other parts, which came today, actually. I've got some of these, these transistors. They look like bottle caps, and they go underneath. Yeah. The, the, there's four of them underneath the monitor. And I've replaced two of them, and this is the other two that were waiting to come through. So I'll replace those and see what happens. But I've also ordered a, um, a deflection board refit kit, so it fixes all the other parts on the deflection board, which is the main part of the monitor on that, that machine. And hopefully it'll be working fine when that comes through, because it's replacing it's nearly all the main parts to it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it would be okay. And that'll be the first mm. part of the Battlezone fixed. I never thought of you as a Battlezone fan, to be honest. Are you into that? I really like Battlezone. I loved it as a kid. And I mm. have owned a Battlezone cabaret before. Oh. I got it reasonably cheap off a, a friend of mine in Wales, and it never really worked properly. And that's what put mm. me off in the end. I thought, oh, sod it, I'll just... To sell it to someone who can fix it and Smarty Martin had it and he fixed it within about a day yeah. he's, he's good at that sort of thing so he had it for quite a while as well I don't think he's got it anymore either but this time I've gone into it with a bit more positive attitude I'm going to replace all the parts that tend to go wrong with it get the, the actual PCBs repaired and socketed so I can just replace chips if they go and stuff get the monitor tip top with all new parts on it and it should last I think I'm hoping Fingers crossed it'll last. You know, replace all the, the mm. main parts in the power supply and all that sort of stuff and just keep it healthy, really. And hopefully it'll keep going because I do love the game. I, re- mm. I was really good at it as a kid as well. And when I've played it since, I've not been as good. So I must have lost something in, in those years, perhaps. It's quite slow, actually. and It does get fast later on. Yeah, you've got to be completely 100% accurate with every bullet, really, haven't you? Yeah, I think the, the, the trick to that game is learning how to dodge people firing at you Mm -hmm. because when something comes from behind you the idea is to keep moving so they can't track you and shoot you and then sort of Mm. turn gradually as you're moving back so you can see them then shoot them because they're not very fast 
And when the spaceship comes down, that really hurtles towards you. But you just pull away mm. from it shooting as it comes towards you, and you get big points for that. But I do like it, yeah. Some other bits to order yet, um, and some bits and bobs to do. So that's the, the battle zone. And I've also been uh, looking at my battle zone buddy's repair log. Tony Temple on, on arcadeblogger.com has been fixing his up, and he's got his monitor working 100% now. So I'm slightly jealous of that. I remember that Wells Garden, the K7000 monitor I was messing around with in the cab I got from the Kent raid. It wasn't wide enough, the picture. No, sorry, it's too wide. So oh, I, yeah. I had Tetris on there, and it was about an inch either side, outside the screen. I couldn't get it, I couldn't wind it in. Well, I've tried various capacitors on there, and I bought some new ones, because the one I got was wrong. I got the wrong size. I went down rather than up. And Tetris is a little bit smaller, but most of the games are fine now, so that I would say that is a fix. I think that one's done. Mm. And I've actually got a jammer switching PCB switcher in there. So I've got a 19-in-1 board in there. We've been playing our Rally X on, the new Rally X. And yeah. I've also popped Green Bertie in there. Remember old Green Bertie? Oh, you like that one, I you? do love that game, yeah. So I've had them two games in there. And the next one is the Centipede, which I'm, I really want to get going. I just really want to play it. Yeah. So I'm trying to get. I've sent off the control panels of Battlezone and Centipede to Ollie Muddy Music to scan and do me some new control panel overlays for him because he hasn't got those in his files. So he's going to scan mm. them up, vector them properly, get all the colours right and everything, and then print them out for me and send them back. So I'm waiting for those to come back, which is good really because if I got the machine fixed, I'd only play it, wouldn't I? And I need to restore it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've put new T moulding on there. I've completely rebuilt the, the trackball on it. It runs really smooth now. I replaced the springs in there. I cleaned up the bearings. I oiled the bearings. I put a brand new cue ball in there as the, the trackball, because it's the same as a, an American cue ball. So, yeah, so, so that's really nicely fixed now. It just glides. It's really nice. Before, it was really noisy and sort of a bit, mm. bit jerky, but now it glides. Lovely. Mm. So that's it with... Oh, another thing I did, actually, for the centipede. I forgot about this. I, the fuse block in the actual main power supply, there's a fuse block with five fuses on there. They're all sort of contained together. And what I did is you can't, you can find them nowadays, but I think they got to come from America. And it was like, I think the thing was about ten or twelve pounds, and it was thirteen pounds delivery. So I thought, I'm not doing that. So what I did is I made a block at work and got single fuse holders and screwed it to the block. So I've actually made my own block. It looks really, really neat. I might put a picture mm. of that on there. What I was thinking actually is for all these little bits and bobs I'm messing around with, because I've been doing all sorts of little mods to things and, and building stuff and making bits, I'm going to put another little page on our webpage called Victor's Tinkerings. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to put a picture up of what I've done and a rough description of what I've done, just in case anyone's interested. Because I'm always at work when I get bored, especially on a Friday afternoon. I usually sort of make things when I shouldn't be. Don't tell what, the boss. Shh. What, what is a tinker? What, a, what profession is it? A tinker... Was he someone who fixed shoes? A tinker is a person who travels from place to place mending pans and metal utensils. T- I don't know. It could be, because there's that famous book in the Tinker Tailor Taylor Spider spy. Jelly Maker something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. So I'm going to do that. That's good, good to know. So you yeah. could fix shoes as well. Possibly. Mm. As long as they're made with aluminium, you'll be all right. <laughs> So another thing I did is I modded. You know those Jack's Pacific Namco games, the little single uh, plug, things you, plug, plug and play. play yeah, the, you know the Pac-Man one. It's got Pac-Man, Galaxian, Bosconian, and Rally X on. Yeah. I 
usually they're batteries, you put four AA batteries in the bottom, and if you're playing away at it and the batteries go, you ruin your game. What I've done is I've modded it to put a little power supply plug on there. Mm-hmm. So you can plug in one of those, you know, those multi voltage DC wall thingies mm-hmm. and just put a six volt one of them in there. It works a treat. It looks really neat. I'll put a picture oh. of that on there as well. I've seen it on Twitter. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like that. So how does that play? D- decent Do decent you know versions of the games. They're not bad. Mm. I think I picked the thing up for three pounds somewhere in a charity shop. Yeah. Right? And Galaxian is perfect. It looks absolutely fine. Pac-Man is the screen's a little bit funny because you're playing on a horizontal screen. Remember. Yeah. Same thing with Galaxian. Um, and the joystick on it is is actually gated for a four-way, so you can't really play Bosconian properly because Bosconian need diagonals. Yeah. But Bosconian plays quite slow, and it's a lot easier, so you can play it pretty well. But Rally X actually plays quite nicely. Mm. But the actual the radar, instead of being on the right-hand side of the screen, is actually in the screen you're looking at, sort of behind it. Right. It's a bit weird looking at that. It sort of puts you off a bit. But you don't have to keep looking away from the screen when you play it. Uh. So, yeah, it's not bad. For three quid, and if you haven't got the games and you just wanted to give them to a... You know, a kid to play with, or just something to do when you're, I don't know, on a caravan holiday or something. It'd be great. It's a bargain. Bargain. So that was that. I'm also, this weekend, I've got a gig. I've got to go and see IMX on Saturday, when you lot are having the arcade club get-together, mm-hmm. which is going to be really good. It's a shame I can't go to that, but I've got something else on. And on Sunday, I'm going to Ben and Kerry, Mr. and Mrs. Vip's wedding. Can't wait. Mm. And when I'm up there, I've got to look at his cab because his anode cap's fizzing. It's got a bit of moisture in it. He's probably been feeding it tea or something. Is that before or after he's married? Uh, probably before. Right. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, I've got to do that. Uh, don't feed your monitors tea, kids. It's not good. No, don't feed anybody tea, kids. Do you know what else I've been doing? Other stuff. Have you? Last Monday, I went to the Mark Kermo. You know the film guy? Mark Commode. Mark Commode. He does a, a film review and a sort of like a, almost like a funny lecture at the BFI on a, a certain Monday of every month. And mm. we've been to all of them now, apart from one, I think. And I was watching that, and one of his guests was Patricia Quinn. Do you know mm. who Patricia Quinn is? Yes, she was the lead singer of Transvision Vamp. Not quite, but you're <laughs> on the right lines. <laughs> she was, she played Magenta in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, in right. my opinion, the very sexy one, the maid. Oh, oh yeah. And she's yeah. obviously, you know, Rocky Horror's been playing for 40 years and it's never been out of the cinema. Apparently it's got a world record for never being out of the cinema. It's been in a cinema somewhere in the world for 40 years. That's amazing. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's very, very popular. I'm a massive Rocky Horror fan. I've been since I was about 14. Mm. So she's obviously getting on a bit now, but she still looks great. And she is mad as a tube of frogs. Yeah, she is. She is crazy, but in a fun, eccentric kind of way. I, I, I didn't realise because he doesn't announce who the guests are, and they talked about a film which was sort of, um, sort of a follow-up to Rocky Horror called Shock Treatment. It's also a musical film, and she's in that as well. And they're talking about it, and he said, "Oh, my next guest, Patricia Quinn." I sort of looked up, and my wife looked at me and said, "What?" And I said, "It's Patricia Quinn," because I saw her earlier, and I mistook her for someone else. I thought, "Oh, that's uh, another film guy's wife." And I realised it was her, and I was just really, really starstruck for a minute. Brilliant. 
Absolutely brilliant. It was real fun yeah. as well. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Ooh! Yes. The Tenpence Orchestra mm. have heard our last podcast. Yeah. And decided to do a tribute to the uh, the booby trap stroke party boob mantra. Uh, right. I'm really sorry, but here it is. Well then, that is very stupid. What were they thinking? The Tenpence Orchestra have not contacted me in any way in regards to that. So that it must, must be... have been a certain wing of the Tenpence Arcade <laughs> Orchestra, perhaps. <laughs> Someone who's got too much time on their hands and a microphone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's start our next segment, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Arcade News. Black Mirror, the new season of Black Mirror's Charlie Brooker. The new season of Charlie Brooker's Black Mirror. Take all those words you just said and rearrange them into a coherent sentence for the listeners. Yeah, that's trickier than it sounds. I think they got the idea of it. Yeah. This episode called San Junipero features Retro Games Party cabs because it's kind of a... Well, I won't spoil it for you, but there's cabs from different eras in this nightclub that the characters from the episode go into. Yeah, everyone should watch it. It's brilliant. Mm, I have seen that one. I have as well. Which is really good. And I've watched one other Black Mirror. You've seen Nosedive yet? I saw Nosedive last night. I've just seen the very first episode with the pre- uh, not the president, the prime minister, and he has to sort of do some, what you know, act yes, with the pig. pig. Yeah, that's one of the old series. Yeah, they're really good. Everyone should watch Black Mirror. They're really good. Yeah, they're both, but both the ones I've seen are very thought provoking. So I'm going to watch all them and check out RGP's cabs there as well. I did. I saw mm. those, and when I was watching it, because the actors in it are American, and I saw them, and I thought, oh, there's some. There's some electricorn cabs there. They didn't have those in America. But it may or may not be America. Uh. Mm. So I went, oh, fair enough, I'll let them off. And mm. it's great seeing old cabinets, especially if uh, a friend of ours who, who supplied them as well. It's really nice seeing them in there. I think the one of the actress actors in it was playing Bubble Bubble. And there's a time yes. crisis in there and some other bits and bobs, isn't there? Yeah, I actually was saw that bubble bubble last weekend. I was touching the bubble bubble. Ooh, that was nice a nice one. Because the, the woman who's the actress in that, who plays that, is also in Halt and Catch Fire. She's one of the main characters in that, and she's a really good actress. Ah. Yeah, you should watch Halt, Halt and Catch Fire if you've not seen it. Mm. It's really no, cool. I haven't seen that one. It's about the sort of 80s computer industry. It's really good. Oh, really good. Oh, on the right, third series it? now, which I've got to try and get. Oh, very nice. So that was good. We've got some Miyamoto Donkey Kong secrets. I know it, it's talked to death, Donkey Kong, but it's some more secrets. So if you didn't know some of these, there's a link in the show notes. Miyamoto used used Nintendo of America's ideas sometimes, but thought them when he was thought he was right. Miyamoto thought the detail of Donkey Kong's storyline would make it clear that Mario was supposed to be in his twenties. He was wrong. Mm. He had all these ideas in the bath, apparently, rather like Trumbo. Mm. The game was supposed to have speech in English. We didn't know that. I did. Did you? Yeah. Apparently, There's... didn't they find those those samples a little while ago? They found oh, them in the yeah. code. Mm. I thought yeah. so. Yeah, so there's a few little bits in there. There there's, can't be much more to be said about Donkey Kong, but... Donkey just... Kong is the game that keeps giving. 
I was going to say that. Oh, I just thought something else I did over the, over the last few weeks. I yes. repaired my Donkey Kong Jr. Because every now yeah. and again I'd turn it on and the sound wouldn't work. The sound would go off. And what it was is there's a, a two-wire connector goes into the motherboard, into the PCB, and the wires were sort of frayed inside, so I unraveled them, repaired them, and put them back in. It works perfectly now. Nice. That was really bothering me because I don't like having my, my dedicated cabs go down. It really annoys me. Mm. And I, I got a feeling that, that my actual Donkey Kong PCB stopped working. That's why I put Junior back in. But I'll have to try that because mm. I want to play a bit of Donkey Kong again. I haven't played it for a while. Okay, next up, we have a couple of links. One of them is called Coin Up Conspiracy and Covering Polybius, the oh. Arcade's Enduring Urban Legend. This is coming to light again because Jeff Minter's new game is called Polybius. Yeah. And he's sort of, I think he's sort of hitching a ride on the urban legend that yes. this is. So that it's, it's, it's more, the, the, the article is more about the media and how they grab something and run with it and uh, and there's a like a tiny shred of truth in all of it but not much (laughs) kind of thing well my my response to this i actually um looked at this article i read it is a load of old cack isn't it Mm. because on one of the um i think someone who said they were part of the team who made this this video game so they were mixing vector and raster graphics on the same screen nonsense can't be done. Mm. Impossible. Mm. So that's a, a bit of a call saying, nope, didn't happen. And mm. I never heard of it until about two years ago. No, I didn't. So we would have known about it, wouldn't we? Because we were arcade nuts when we were kids. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 Let her mm. rush. Second link is a feature on the Richie Knuckles Arcade, and the title of the article is, Here's How an Old School Arcade Survives in the 21st Century. Yeah, interesting that's, read, that one. Yeah, that's quite good. A so, lot better than the Polyb- Polybius. Yeah. But I can't wait to see uh, Jeff's game. I want to have a look at that. It sounds quite good. Because they, they reckon the Polybius game was a bit like Tempest. Mm. I think that's what his new game's like, isn't it? You've played it. I haven't played it. I've watched it. It oh, is cool. similar, but you've got obstacles that rush towards you in 3D to dodge as well as, as the shooting. Mm, cool. I'd like mm. to sit on an arcade cabinet. That'd be brilliant. With all the sheep on the side, that'd be really cool. Because obviously mm. the Jeff Minter's going to have sheep in it. Got to. Well, the design for the, the poster that he had, he had at his shirt stand at Play Expo, that had, it was kind of a robot kind of... Evil sheep. Sheepy, minotaur-y face thing. Ooh. Do you want to get the old uh, disgruntled sheep? Disapproving sheep. That's what he thinks. <laughs> On to the next one. King of Fighters yeah. 14, X1V... And SSFV, which is Street Fighter V, yeah. are getting arcade releases, sort of. Mm. There's a new arcade hardware called Nezuka X Live 2, which is possibly Type X3 hardware, PC-based. Mm. And I think it's it's all linked up so you can play online and stuff. So you've got a bit of an explanation of the Nezuka thing later on, yeah? I have. Brilliant. I've, I've done some research. Nice one. The Street Fighter V release is going to be a PC version in some kind of kiosk. Why? Mm. Uh, Capcom, uh, hello. Street Fighter yeah. is the ultimate arcade game. Mm. It was. It's, it lives in the arcade. It was born in the arcade. Why are they suddenly taking it out of the arcade? Why can't they just do a Type X3 version of it and release it in Vulix cabs like they did with Street Fighter 4? Yeah. And the Ultra in the arcade edition. That'd be brilliant. I'd love to play that. I really mm. like 4 in the arcade. It makes me all hot and sweaty when I'm playing it. 
Yeah, apparently when they released 4, they promised the arcade operators that it would stay arcade exclusive for a certain amount of time or even a year. Yeah. But they went they went back on what they said and released it on Xbox 360 and the others. So people like now Adam Pratt of the Game Grid Arcade, yeah. who runs Arcade Heroes, he said one day Street Fighter 4 Cab was rammed with people queuing up. Next day it came out on console and no one played it anymore. Yeah, it ruins it for the arcades, doesn't it? It's mm, really bad. Shame. I hate that sort of thing. I really don't like that. Because mm-hmm. if, if you sort of leave it in the arcade, people will go to the arcade and play it. They, and they'll enjoy yep. themselves. Yeah. You know, leave the other games for your Call of Duties and, you know, your Quake 5s and all this sort of stuff at home. Arcade games, leave them in the arcade, for goodness sake. Goodness sake, man. Yeah, at least until they get old, then bring them out later on for the home, maybe, with yeah. some extra features or some download content or whatever. Yeah. Harumph. <laughs> so this one is lovely, but ultimately pointless. Yeah, someone's made a really nice looking Nintendo style cabinet in the style of Donkey Kong, but with Zelda on it, themed as Zelda. Mm. It's it's mm. lovely. It's golden green, and the, the mm. control panel is absolutely beautiful. He's got like gold metallic paint in there. We put pictures on the website. It's really really good. Have a look at this. It's really nice. It's lovely. So it's nicely themed, but I wouldn't want to play Zelda, the original Zelda, on a cabinet. It's it's you got to be sat down in your pants playing it. On the sofa, surely, <laughs> yeah. with a little yeah. controller. Because mm, Zelda's a game you play for hours on end, just bombing walls, trying to find secrets. I used to love playing that. That was one game I could play for hours and hours, and time would just whiz by, and you'd lose whole evenings playing that. Yeah, but not in a cabinet. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I know what you mean. But it's lovely. It's beautiful. The workmanship is amazing, and the grill, the grill on the front is a triangle like the Triforce. It's really, really nice. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Really good. We also have another article here, a great write-up of the Galloping Ghost Arcade in the Chicago Tribune. I've been there. I know, I want to go, I'm going to go, I want to go now. So good. That's really, it's a, a really good article. It is. Mm. And the next one, I'm very interested in this. Yeah. This is a Raspberry Pi to Jammer PCB. Mm. And basically, it's a PCB you shove into a jammer harness of an arcade cabinet and you put your own version of a Raspberry Pi on there with all your emulators on it, and it plays on an arcade cab with no lag on a 15 yeah. kilohertz screen, an arcade screen as well. I'm looking very closely at this because I want one of these. There, there is another similar device that's... It's some Australian guys doing it, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's done one already. And it uses a Raspberry Pi, but you need a video converter to convert it from, I think, HD or VGA into 15 kilohertz. And I think it introduces some lag because the hardware is just like a Chinese converter, a cheap Chinese converter. This thing does it automatically. Mm. It's all in in the circuit already. Mm. Isn't one of our mates getting one of these very soon? Yeah, my mate Lewis Batcave. Lewis, Mr. Batcave to you. Official surname. He's pre-ordered one. Ooh. So he's gonna. I think he's gonna put it in his Lord's Vale and give it a right good do. I might have to come up when he does that, and we'll yeah. run it to the back cave and give it a good bashing in its face. <laughs> well, these things are not cheap. They're hundred and nine euro at the moment. I don't know but for what price, you know. I know, yeah. For what they offer, it can be damn good. That can it? Mm, I think so. Mm. It's the future, kids. Yep, a new book. There's a new book come out. The Art of Atari. Tell me about this. I've not seen this one yet. Oh, I haven't seen much of it. It's, it was on Twitter, so I started looking, and you can look on Amazon, and then you can press the button where it says, look inside. Oh, so you, you can, can have s- a preview on Amazon, can't you? Yeah, but nice. it's not It's not just 
cab art it's also flyers and, and oh. promotional stuff i love atari flyers I, like the I 70s think, yeah i think stuff. atari's got to have had the best artwork mm. easily they're so good their artwork's amazing all that real 70s stuff love it so mm. cheesy and brilliant yep oh, mr sm radius finding his ping of kids He's got a brand new world record on Time Crisis. The fastest completion time of 9 minutes 34 seconds. Oh, that was very resonant. That's a loud resonant ping. Another world record for one of our lads. Nice I'm one. I'm going to see him tomorrow at the UK VAC meet. So this is a the fastest time anyone's done it. So I said to him, are you going to... He has recorded it. I said, are you going to put it up to Twin Galaxy? And he says, not really, because what? the Twi- Twin Galaxy's records are, are, are not very good. Because <laughs> oh, really? all the all the Japanese beat the Twin Galaxies records on these type of gun games. Yeah. So he has beaten Japan. Wow. It, he's done that. I've, I've seen him playing Time Crisis 2 a bit at Arcade Club, and it's just unreal. Does he know? play in his shark suit? No, he doesn't. Because he, he has got a very big, fluffy shark suit he likes to Purple. wear. Purple, Purple shark. shark. It's that very very alluring. But it'd limit your vision. I think it would a bit. But knowing him, the way he plays games, he could probably beat us all hands down wearing that suit with one arm tied to his tail. <laughs> yeah. He's that good. So give him so, a massive pat on the back from me. So well done. So he's really he's excellent at bullet hells and excellent at these gun games, but he's also really good at driving games as well, you know. <gasps> he's just a polymath, isn't he? Mm, what's mm, that? Someone's good at everything. Swines. Oh, polymath. Don't, don't like him. So congratulations, Steve. That is fantastic going. At the 11th hour, or more like Arpus 5, I managed to catch up with Steve Radis at Arcade Club. Hi kids, I'm here with Mr. SM Radis. Steve, how you doing fella, you alright? Uh, yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yeah. Now you've just got a world record on Time Crisis 1, which is a time trial, isn't it? Yeah. So you've done it, how quick have you done it? Um, it's 9 minutes, 33.75 seconds. And the record was 9.35.05. Right, so, but it's not Twin Galaxies, is it? No, the Twin Galaxies is like 10.30-something, so it's like a minute, yeah. a minute faster than that. So who has the records then? Because I know on your post you put, was it Gamist? Which is, is that a Japanese magazine? Yeah, it was a Japanese magazine from like the early 80s um, to the late 90s. And then, mm. and then, uh, and then it became Arcadia in 2000. But right. this record is apparently before 2000. Right. Because yeah. from going through every single Arcadia issue, it doesn't mention. It only mentions like Time Crisis two, three, and four. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite difficult to find information about Time Crisis one arcade. Yeah. So I've had to learn it all myself. So you've always said that the Japanese are better at game players on the gun games than us Westerners. Yeah, that's right. How good are you on the other ones? Well, since that the other games are scoring based, they're they're, yeah. they're better at maximising. But right. on games like Time Crisis two and three, the only thing I can do better is have higher accuracy. Yeah. And that's because I maximise scoring everywhere else. Yeah, I saw the. Well, a little bit of the video where you're just shooting them immediately when they come up, it's that quick. Yeah, you so have to. And so you've got a, is it a super gun with a, is it a super gun that you've got with a sort of board attached and that? Yeah, I use a super gun um, to get it onto my TV and to split it to the capture setup. 
right, it's, quite, it's quite complicated because the game isn't Jammer, so I've had to convert uh, it to Jammer first. Yeah. So how did, how did you record it then? Is it straight into a hard drive or something? Yeah, straight into my computer, splitting the output um, two ways. Mm. Would you have to like submit it anywhere or because it, it's not a Twin Galaxies kind of organisation is it it's There's an old magazine yeah. but what do you kind of do just put it on the internet and yeah all I can really do is put it online like in, with Arcadia you've got to actually do it in an actual Japanese arcade yeah and I don't think there's many arcades in Japan that have the game anymore yeah, what year is it 96 is it so what games are the Japanese better than us at all the gun games, isn't it? Yeah, any schmucks, uh, <laughs> light gun games. Yeah. Have you got any more world records, Steve? I think you have, haven't you? Yeah, um, point blank one. Oof! Yeah. yeah. And Dead Storm Pirates. Oh, yeah, are the ones that. Are the ones that beat the Japanese records. Excellent. And what else are you really good at on, on that side? Um, Crisis Zone. Really like that. Yeah. One. Is that a spin-off? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's, it's good as well. Amazing Storm. Oh yeah, that's quite a, a newish one, isn't it? Is it yeah. 2006, something like that? 2008. Is it? Right. Yeah, it's like Crisis Zone, but newer. Mm. Right, excellent. And you let your bullet hells as well, don't you? Oh yeah. Oh yes. It, it was it was good when I got that record, though, on Time Crisis. Mm. It, it was funny because I spent like about five hours on the day just practicing and just reviewing my videos back, like frame by frame, and right. seeing what enemy patterns work out best for time. And, right. and how to deal with them. And so then, it's a lot of memory as well then. Yeah, I'll and then I started recording and on my first go I broke the record. <laughs> We've been playing New Rally X and I've, had, I've been playing crap and then I've had one really good go at the beginning of the gameplay and then one really good go at the end. Just sometimes you just play better for some reason, don't you? It's just seem to find that edge. Usually the case with arcade games because mm. of the difficulty. So what would you recommend to get a good score, you know, like fitness-wise and alertness-wise, and because I always, you can find that spot where you're in the zone, and I'm always interested how people get there. For me, I just sort of get there by accident. You yeah. know, I could be tired, and then I could be really playing well. Or what, what do you find the best? I think a good thing is to just think of nothing or try to think of nothing. Yeah. And then, and I'm on games where you can skip scenes and just leave them through and just think about what you're going to do next right so zone out and just be completely in the game yeah mm. also reviewing what you've done wrong yeah mm. well well done steve what are you what are you planning on doing next um probably time crisis too <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've got it here haven't they yeah yeah but yeah good. congratulations mate well done thank you very much cheers here's one i found um zx spectrum you know the good old specky has got home reversion Donkey Kong and Donkey Kong Jr. Yes. The DK one is called Crazy Kong City Episode 1 Saving Helen Blonde. It's not <laughs> a DK port, it's a platform using the Mario character. The Donkey Kong Jr. is a remake with slightly different level layouts. The Donkey Kong Jr. I noticed is very jerky and it looks horrible to play from the video I watched. I didn't like the look of this. I'm not even going to bother downloading it for the Spectrum. I watched a video of it. Because Donkey Kong Jr. can even fall from like really large heights, which you yeah. can't on real Donkey Kong Jr. So I'm not sure what he's done with it, really. He's sort of just used the characters. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you know, good luck to the author with using Nintendo's largest IP. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen. He's going to have a letter through the post in a minute. 
I've only seen still images of it, and it looks it looks the part. It and looks the pretty good, yeah, but the actual game's not brilliant. Oops! Oops! Got some non-arcade news here. We're just going to mention this very briefly because every other podcast in the universe must be talking about this. Yeah. The news in the gaming world last week, or maybe earlier this week, was Nintendo's new console, the Nintendo Switch. Is it, have they got a new console coming out? In March 2017. Oh. I've only seen about 19,000 adverts for it. Mm. Yeah, it looks it looks fun. It looks good ideas, but... I think it's going to break because those moving bits on the side of it, when you're clicking them in and out all day long, I don't think it's going to last very long. Mm. I don't think you want moving parts on a on a video game. You want it to have it all enclosed, really. Yeah, it seems a bit different. I think the idea, well, from what I've read, the idea's kind of been done before, but when Nintendo's back in, you mm. can play... On you, well, you could on the Wii U actually. You can play yeah. on the on the tablet in front of you and and on a big screen, but it's got a proper controller this time and not not the touchscreen rubbish. I don't like that sort of stuff. But. The thing that looks interesting on it is you can do wireless play with a couple of them together, and you can mm. sort of give your mate a joypad and you can just play simple games. You can have like I don't know, eight player Mario Karts and stuff on on multiple screens. So that mm. does sound fun, but in reality, would you go on your mate's house and have little parties? Don't know. Mm. But good though. It looks it looks interesting, and it looks yeah. great. I mean, Nintendo are good at games, aren't they? You can't get take that away from them. They're brilliant. So it'll yeah. probably be really good. But I'm not going to buy one. I'll just go on Alex's and play his. He's bound to get one. <laughs> I'm glad they're still going. I'm glad they're still producing consoles because no one else is apart from X, uh, Microsoft and Sony. Are they now at the moment? Do you know what I would like Nintendo to do? Just bring yeah, out a nice arcade game. Mm. That would be really cool. Seeing a new Nintendo game would be brilliant. Donkey they, Kong they, 4. But they partner up with Namco, Namco Bandai. Yeah. They make the machines for them. And, you know, like I think the Mario Kart arcade games were made by Namco. So that would be really good because they're obviously both brilliant companies. I'd like to see a new arcade game from Nintendo. It would be great. But, you know. Well, I forgot to tell you, I went to West. When I stopped at Bridgewater, I drove back up and we stopped at Western Supermare. Oh, yeah, that's evening. a nice place that is. Yeah, I like that. So there's loads of photos uh, on the website somewhere where I went to Western Supermare and had a look at the arcade there about 10 minutes before it closed, so it's all quiet. Mm-hmm. But they had sort of mid-90s stuff, newish stuff, but they had two Space Invaders cabs. Yeah, I've seen them before. I went When I went to see Banksy's um, Dismaland, yeah. I went there as well. And they're, they're sort of... I think they're, they're actually purposely made, aren't they? They're new cabs to look like old ones. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With I LCD screens. I think I tried to play one and it stole my 50p. It so was I'm 50p. Not happy about, I'm not happy about that. Five, ten p's, that is. Mm. Mm. One more bit of non-arcade news is you can buy a, a hard drive specific to the Raspberry Pi. Oh, okay. Just just plug straight in. They already use SD cards, don't they? Yeah, 314 gigabytes, $46. That's cheap, isn't it? It's not bad, is it? Yeah. Oh, God, wow. Yeah. Nice. Because a lot of people are putting like 128 gig SD images on there with loads of emulators and loads of ROMs and stuff. Mm. Yeah, you get one of these. When you start playing Dreamcast games and N64 games, the ROMs get quite large. So, yeah, you might need that. Mm. Nice one. And I think that is it. Quite a bit of news this time, kids. There is a bit. And there's going to be quite a few pickups as well. Arcade pickups. First one for me was my two Ardu boys that were held captive at the evil postmeister's general, Cathedral of Hatred. 
<laughs> or the post office. I had to pay £16 ransom on each of them to free them. And do you know what? Fear of the unknown is what imprisons us. Fear of the unknown is what imprisons us! I do now. Is that Tenpence Orchestra again? It's the Tenpence Black Metal Division Orchestra. of the orchestra. <laughs> Ag- again, bored with a microphone. <clears throat> I, appro- I approve. Well Next. done, Tenpence. Next. Right, for me, more capacitors. Um, I didn't make much difference in picture on the width of that K7000 monitor, but it actually has. It's pretty good now. Mm. I think I was playing the wrong game. I think I was playing an extra wide game. Obviously, the games differ in size, but yeah, it seems to be okay now. It's good. Mm-hmm. So it's getting a bit boring, so I'm going to leave that one. Oh, I've got some... Another thing that arrived today is the 56-pin edge sockets I ordered. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a 60-in-1 PCB to centipede machine adapter. So instead of playing centipede on a jammer cab, I'm going to play a jammer game on a centipede cab because I want to have millipede as well. Yeah, And I think a millipede PCB is quite hard to find. It'd be over £100. So I'm getting this real cheap. And mm-hmm. I've also played Centipede on there, I suppose, if I wanted to as well. But I want to play the original Centipede PCB. I'm not too mm. worried about millipede. So for that, mm, I nice. got another one arrived today. I arrived a monitor for my ISIS cab, a 14-inch Hantrax monitor. Nice. Which is good. I was busy trying to put it in earlier. It's uh, the tubes in there. But I couldn't find a flipping wire, the RGB cable. Because the guy I bought it off said, oh, do you want an RGB cable? I said, no, no, I've got one. Did I have one? No, I didn't. Mm. But I went in the shed earlier and I found one. So I'm going to snip Ooh. it off an old cab that's in bits and just pinch that and sort that out. I cannot wait to get the ISIS cab sorted out. It's been sat there for ages doing nothing. I really want to get it fixed. Mm. I've got another jammer switcher to go inside that. I've got a servo stick, you know, the eight-way, four-way automatic switcher. Yeah. I've got that to go in there. I've, got the, I've made the control panel already with... Leaf buttons with micro switches underneath them, which is my my favourite way of using a button. Yeah. And I'm going to print out a little picture for the marquee to go next to the ISIS marquee. I'm going to put a 10 pence one in there. I've got Mm. new T-moulding for that as well. I've done new panels on the front of it because the panels were a bit scuffed before. I've used this that black plastic and aluminium material, and I've done a coin Mm. door up and everything. So it's, it's coming along. I think I've got everything I need to finish it. I just need to get on there and do it. So hopefully nice. tomorrow morning I'll get a bit of time to do that. I'm really looking forward to getting that one going. Brilliant. Mm. I talking about tea moulding. I bought a hundred feet of it. Remember, I was moaning on about the uh, the exchange rate. I had to pay quite a bit more for it. Yeah, but still, I got it now. So you know, and what I was feet. yeah, hundred feet of it. I was putting some on the centipede of the day. I was using my my nylon dead blow mallet, and it was actually marking the stuff. It was too hard. The nylon was too hard. So I went out to. Wilco and bought a real cheap rubber mallet, mm-hmm. and that works a treat because it's black and it's a lot softer, so it doesn't mark the T molding. Mm-hmm. So don't use a nylon one, kids. Use a rubber mallet or a rubber mullet, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I have, have I got? I've got a couple of pickups: a Time Warp arcade mug and fridge magnets from Stuart Tracy at Time Warp. Thank you. Nice. I like yeah. the sound of that. And I have Time Warp coffee now. Oh, nice. You drink it, you end up in 1983. Oh, wouldn't that be brilliant? Mm. Oh, don't say that. I'd love to go back to 1983 and have a look at what's going down. Brilliant. I was 10. I was 13, yeah. I enjoyed it. Anything mm. else? 
before we go on to our feedback? Uh, yes. Oh, While I was in the... Co- remember when we were at Nerg and Bobby... Do you remember? Chuck art smelling on the playground wall. <laughs> what? Sorry. <laughs> Went all marillion for a second then. Oh, that's him. Go on. Bobby, bless his heart, Hazelnuts, gave us some bowls. Oh, the bowls was lovely. It's a little presentation case from Cotswold Springs Brewery, right? And remember when we finally opened the bottles because we couldn't open the tops in the We in spent the about 20 minutes trying to open bottles with our teeth and other bits and key rings. And I sort of looked <laughs> over at the, the tea and coffee making area and said, do you think we should use that bottle opener that's on the wall there, Sean? And you went, oh, yeah. We are a pair of fools, sir. Baldy fool, I am. So, I love that beer. So, Well, it was the lager one that I had called That's Aviator. Right. So I tracked it down to the Cotswolds. That was another visit, of that, another reason visit. Yeah. And I went direct to the brewery, and Waff bought me a load for my <gasps> birthday. Nice. I saw you boozing it up. Nice one. I bought, she said, what was it? Something like £27 a case for 12 bottles. So the guy went and got them, and I said, well, you know what, wife? It's not going to last long now. Twenty. <laughs> so, so I got thirty-six bottles of that Aviator. How many have you got left? I have got twenty-five. So I've had a, eleven in a week and a bit. It's not oh, bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It no. was really nice beer. These microbreweries are brilliant, aren't they? Mm, it's awesome beer. Really good. Nice one. Okay. Listener feedback. First feedback we got. Adam Trionfo. This is the guy who does the podcast with Chris Federico, Chris Plus Plus, the Bally yeah. Astrocade podcast. Mm. So, this is a long one. Strap in. <laughs> so, Chris Plus Plus introduced him to the podcast in 2015. He's taken his time catching up with the podcast, just listening to number 34 at the moment, Time Pilot. He's not that impressed with the game, which is weird, because that's one of our favourites. Mm. The cabinet next to Time Pilot in a small game room at a hotel resort was Hogan's Alley, he put more quarters into that machine. He would point the gun at the screen in a standing stance like some cop from a bad TV show. He remembers several kids we didn't know commenting something along the lines of, hey, who do you think you are? Sonny from Miami Vice? I probably did think that I was calling white cop. I should have responded to those taunts with polite, yeah, I'm Sonny, now go away. Instead, I just proceeded as usual to accidentally shoot the lady with a purse. That arcade mm. in the hotel was also the only time you ever saw a Nintendo slalom game. He thought it looked neat, plus standing on the machine and rocking backwards and forwards to control your skier was fun, but the game just didn't capture his attention much. He was never into much arcades because he grew up in a small town near Connecticut, and there wasn't any, apart from a Donkey Kong at a local department store. He said he never played Donkey Kong, though. You needed, you know, a quarter to do that, and he was too busy saving his hard-earned cash, babysitting money, for a Commodore 64. Oh, good lad. But he's also recently visited a barcade and played Joust. Burger Time, Damn That Game Is Hard, Centipede, and a few other classics. His wife played her favourite arcade game, Gallagher. It's weird to watch her play as she crosses her arms so she can use her preferred hand with the joystick and fire button. I've seen lots of people do that. It's really odd-looking. I've never done it. I have, yeah. I can go both ways, so it doesn't really bother me. I haven't done it, but I know like people that do. Yeah. She's the only person I've ever seen do that before. Do you guys ever play games this way? I do not, because I'm sort of a bit weird. I can play left and right. Mm. certain games yeah is it uncommon or is it my wife's some sort of freak no she's pretty normal yeah he reckons he can say that but I don't think he will (laughs) he wants to recommend a game that should be in the arcades it's 1983 game Cosmic Raiders released only on the Bally Arcade Astrocade so he'd know about that I don't expect that either of you have played this Cosmic Raiders we haven't 
Maybe you haven't even heard of the Astrocade console, but that's okay. Fire the game up under emulation in MAME and have a good time, because MAME emulates consoles now as well, doesn't it, the new version? Yeah, through MESS, is it called, M-E-S-S. Yeah, I do know about the Astrocade, because I listen to his podcast. I'm still catching up on those. And I saw one in America, but it was very expensive, because they were were quite quite rare, those ones. They weren't really that big. Hmm. At first glance, he reckons it looks like a Defender game, but it plays much more differently. Plus, you don't have to rescue any pesky humans, so that's good. And here's a link to a video review of the game, which we'll have a look at. Mm, I've was... watched it. It seems a decent game, actually. A oh, nice one. Because I think, I think the hardware in the Bally Astro game is very similar to their arcade games. Mm. So he says, if you ever get a chance to watch an arcade game that uses Astrocade chipsets, that's Wizard of War, which I really like, The Adventures mm. of Robbie Rota, which I quite like, and Gorf, which I really like then that would be neat to do, as he's a big Bally fan. We will have to do one of those games. We haven't got any of those yet, have we? No. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I could check out to see if you reviewed one or all of these games already. We haven't. And he won't be getting to this one for a while because he's only on number 34. (laughs) He likes to pretend that whichever 10 pence arcade pass that he's listened to is the latest one, and knowing that the games were coming up destroys the illusion. He says, if you get a chance, give the Bally Astrocade Ali Astrocade podcast a listen, which I do, or visit his website on the Bally Arcade Astrocade named www.ballyalley.com. In the meantime, keep up the great work, guys. Thank you very much for that. Mm, thank you. I am Jimmy. He's Jimmy. Who is Jimmy? I'm not As, Jimmy. I'm not Jimmy. He's Jimmy. He, he said he is. I am Jimmy. Unless you were listening very carefully, you might have missed a highlight of this episode. He's saying, Vic's impersonation of Centipede. Absolutely brilliant. Can you do it again, Vic? <laughs> More game impersonations, please, guys. This is oh, this is feedback on podcast seventy-one. We missed or missed it, I think. On UK Vac, we had some nice feedback from Masked Dev and Hunger. Thanks, guys. And then we got feedback from Tronads, who's now been renamed by I called us. Called Trollnads. Trollnads, because he trolls us. He and he's put, starts off all nice. Yeah. Nicely in time for my drive home for Maidstone. Thanks. And then he said, felt a bit rushed this one. You could tell that you had a deadline and we're trying to get through it as soon as possible. And then he's put a little wink at the end. No, we wasn't. We were we were explaining stuff and we just missed a couple of bits out. Yeah, we had a real busy, I had a really busy weekend. So stressful at work. And we had lots to do that weekend as well. So this one's going to be even longer. Ha, that'll save you. Nah. <laughs> Right. Thank you, troll nuts. Can you stand on his feet for me next time you see him? I'm going to see him tomorrow. Or poke him in the eye or something. Mm, try to. Mm. So, Bobby Idod, he's buying 10p t shirts all over the place. And I saw the Fergmaster, Mr. Atari 2600 himself, wearing one. Very nice. This is from our man in New Mexico, Chris Plus Plus. Chris Federico, that in it. Yep. Oh, this is nice. Hello, you bright reflections of sunshine off 10 pence coins. Ooh, he knows how to get his uh, feedback oh, that's right nice. out, doesn't he? That's all nice. First off, massive congratulations to Alex for locating the only two known skyskipper boards on Earth. I wonder if there's some on Mars. Uh, and to his brilliant friends as well for successfully helping him restore the game to playability and cabinet-bound greatness. That's going to be a great project, that. I saw the cab that this thing's going in. Have you? Yes, I have. Mm. It's nothing special at the moment, but it's going to be. Mm. I went around to see Alex the other day, actually, because I had to help him uh, take a cabinet through an assault course through his house, which was not much fun. I had to take a, a, a table machine down from his top floor. He's got, like, two floors. I went mm. to take it around some windy stairs, and there was a cabinet in the way, so I had to move it while I had to hold the machine on the stairs. 
Ooh. It was a lot of fun. Not. Not fun. Bally, Adam, Adam and I really enjoyed watching Alex's recent YouTube film about Skyskipper and we found his enthusiasm to be highly contagious, like measles. I've mm. just added that bit for comic effect. Mm. Never mind. We then spent quite a while playing the game thanks to the mystery person who once dumped it in MAME. I wonder who did that. Thank you, whoever you are. May I suggest two contenders for future 10 pence coverage? Ooh. I think you would both have a lot of fun playing Toy Pop, a code game from 86. Toy I've heard Pop. of it. Hmm. I think it may have got a release on home computers. I'm not sure. Okay not sure the company kept this great game to itself for some reason to my knowledge it was never oh it was never licensed for release anywhere else oh. all the words on the screen are in english however you, you play a pinocchio like figure who wanders around a toy store and each level contains a different maze made out of shootable presents you blast each present once to unwrap it releasing the bonus item or power up inside shoot it again to free the object so you can collect it before it disappears the novel thing about this game is that you're required to use a different kind of firepower to destroy each kind of enemy toy is that a like very- firepower no this is normal firepower firepower. with very few exceptions and more and more toys are added to the mix as the levels progress it's a brilliant game sounds quite different that sounds fun yeah namco are great so we'll have to look at that one put on our list in fact i wrote a whole chapter about it this is the book he's on about the classic gaming bookcast and he's now giving it away for free oh nice one he says, it's been available for, for a dollar for a couple of years, and I've sold exactly 33 virtual, 43 virtual copies. So now I might as well give it away as a free PDF to whoever wants it. Should we put a, a link in the no-shows for that? We should. What is he going to do with those 43 hard-earned dollars? I bet he's already spent them. Probably. Mm. I bought it. I paid a dollar for it. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> worth a dollar easy i'd have paid five dollars for it. it's great really. i think i did as well you know yeah it's cool it's very good thank you to everyone who spent a buck on the ebook and to you awesome cast masters who announced its release anyway the toy pop chapter is a good one lots of info lots of laughs my second suggestion is time pilot 84 ah, i like this one you do I don't like... you i'm not sure about that one Mm, I've not played it a lot, but I quite like the feel of it. There aren't any parachuting guys to rescue, but you've got double projectiles, bullets and bombs. Mm -hmm. It really makes the game feel good to play. There's also a few secret things to search for in the multi-scrolling terrain below. One of them is an enemy biplane from Mm -hmm. the first time pilot. Destroying it gives you an extra ship. Thanks, as always, for the fantastic show. Your work and wit are appreciated. Yeah, maybe. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. And the last bit of feedback was from Andrew Hannay. Still waiting for you to play Image Fighter, suggested by me. It's like a better 1942, but not as bad as 43, and not a bullet hell either, but still hard. We'll try and get to it, Andrew. We'll try and get to it one day. Better than 1942? Oh, you set him off. Oh, my word. That's his arcade wife you're talking about there, remember? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, dear, that was a bit weird, that, wasn't it? Should we do some shouts? Yes. Shout out. The first one for me, Smarty Martin Laws, for sending me some 9101 RAM for my poorly centipede PCB. It beat to me nine times in test mode, indicating that a RAM at one of the locations was bad. I have ordered 10 spare RAMs, just in case for the future, so I'll give Martin his one back when it comes through. And the update, it now beats at me three times, indicating another flipping RAM error. Arse. Ooh. But yeah, I've got some on order, so I'm waiting for those to come in. 
I am going to give a shout out into the future. How about this? To all the Ooh. people. This podcast will come out next Tuesday. Yeah. And I'm meeting people at Arcade Club, all the UK vacas from the UK Video Arcade Collectors Forum tomorrow. So I'm going to give a shout out to all those people I met and had such a great laugh and it was brilliant. And it was some of some funny incidents and lots of silliness. Yes. Well, it's going to be a given. It's going to be a good one because all, all our mates are going to be there. The yeah. only thing that's not going to be there is me. Yeah, you're getting married, aren't you? Not married. I'm not, you're... Well, I'm not. I'm not too worried actually because I've got the gig on Saturday, which I'm really looking forward to with with lovely wife, and we've mm. got a nice wedding on Sunday, mm. and then I've got a Monday off as well. Yay! Very nice. If I wasn't doing all those things, I'd be quite jealous. Well, if I wasn't doing mm. those things, I would be up there. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. So yeah, have a good time, mate. Mm. Well, do and everyone else. Tech tips. Right, this tech tip. Since we didn't have one last time, this is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a good one. This one. Someone mm. asked about super guns. Now, mm. this is not Nerf guns or even bread guns. Yeah, bread for my bread gun. Not to be confused with super gnus either. <laughs> <laughs> that was a gnu, apparently. That's, that's good. That. A supergun is a weird way of describing a small interface or unit that allows players to play arcade PCBs, motherboards, or even mother-in-laws mm. on home equipment. To use a supergun, you will need the unit itself, an arcade PCB of your choice, and a jammer adapter if it's a non-jammer game, obviously, a TV that can handle SCAR or AV inputs, an ATX PC power supply, and some joypads or joystick units. Superguns come in a few different disguises, and you can even make your own from cardboard boxes, toilet roll tubes, and length of garden twine. Well, sort of. Mm. So, the only one caveat I've got to put in here is American NTSC, or even Japanese NTSC TV owners, would need a separate arcade input to NTSC output interface. We are lucky that our old standard TVs were RGB inside the SCART. Hmm. So I made my very first piece of arcade hardware, a supergun, after getting my first arcade PCB, an original Atari Tetris, which my mate Scott Simmons from Simmons Leisure in Weymouth gave me years ago. This is what started off my arcade obsession. I found some plans online. The main one is Chad Gray's supergun. There is a nice reproduction and write-up of the plans on UKVAC. Link is in the show notes. If you aren't a member on UKVAC, you may not be able to access it, but UKVAC is free and well worth joining up. Loads of decent people on there, and a massive shed full of good info about everything arcade on there. I bought the electric parts, electronic parts I needed. I had an old ATX power supply just knocking about. A couple of Mega Drive pads, three buttons and a start button, which is jammer standard. I also bought a cheap Maplin soldering iron at the time and some solder and tried to remember what I learned at technology classes at school. I used a piece of breadboard, which was used to do the wire links, fuses, etc., and... When I had it all wired up and checked my work a few times, guess what? What? Only bloody worked. First chuff in time. Chuffing act. I was really surprised. I was really surprised, but it worked. It was brilliant. I couldn't believe my eyes. I had an arcade Tetris running on a 14-inch colour TV on my kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I even had a coin button to press for free 10 Ps. <laughs> but this only made me go and buy a bunch more PCBs from Scott after this. I bought about seven or eight, I think, and I had a Neo Geo after that and all sorts of stuff. Mm. Now that I have my very own supergun, I obviously engineered a smart box up for it. 
I even altered the design a wee bit and also swapped out the PC ATX power supply for a real arcade switching power supply, as some of the bootleg boards I got by there needed voltage tweaks that I couldn't do with the PC supply. Because some of them needed a bit more than five and some needed a little less than five. Mm. And a PC power supply is static on five. Now, I know that everyone isn't confident with a soldering iron and doesn't want to fry themselves. I was lucky. And perhaps like the real arcade experience, we haven't got any room or money for a real arcade cabinet. These things are darn large, remember. Most people can slide something under the TV or in a cupboard out the way. So I've got to see you do that with an Outrun Deluxe cabinet. Mm. It ain't going to happen. So if you want to buy a super gun, there's an entry level. Uh, these are a thing called a Vogatech. They make a small, easy-to-use, cheap super gun. Range from about £45. There's about four or five different varieties. Some have Mega Drive or Neo Geo joystick ports. Some have breakout boards, so you can connect directly to arcade controls, etc. Mm. Some are SCART TV output, others are AV. They all have a coin or a credit button on board and a headphone socket, which you can hook up some powered speakers rather than headphones. And some have stereo mono switch for certain games, like Neo Geo and stuff. The only problem with the Vogatech is they are bare bones. Exposed parts, you've got an ugly PC power supply lurking around your setup, and you also have to sort out speakers, headphones, etc. And you also need some compatible joypads. But joypads on an arcade game? Mmm, nah. Harumph. Harumph. To get around all that and have a quality arcade player, you'll need a Sigma, a Vega, or a Raven Supergun. These are just a few trade names of high-end superguns. I've even seen whole candy cab control panels made into superguns before. These include everything you need to run it completely, enclosing a smart control panel with pro controls. I've even seen a two-player setup with a full Mahjong panel on it as well, so you can play, if you know how to play the Mahjong games. Mm. One of the arcade PC- PCB shops in Tokyo, I think it was Gfronto, actually used a supergun in the shop to show the customer the PCBs working before you take them away, before you buy them and take them away. I remember the guy plugging my... I think I bought a few PCBs there, and he plugged them and let me have a quick go of it, so that's quite good. I think if I needed to have a supergun now, rather than my actual arcade machines, I would make a two-player box with a joystick and three button each with one and two-player start buttons. I'd also use proper arcade switching power supply attached to a Vogatech supergun inside the box. I'd Mm. use an extension jammer harness too, so you could hide the PCB out of the way while playing. You can even wire up extra buttons directly to the jammer harness for service test buttons and maybe using six six buttons later on for maybe some Street Fighter games or whatever you're into that. Yeah. I've even seen some super guns with separate pots for tweaking the red, green and blue levels too. All this could be incorporated into the box if you felt you needed it. Another use for a super gun is a test unit. It would be dead handy if you're going to a raid or whatever and needed to test a bunch of PCBs quickly or even if you had a PCB out on the bench and you're trying to repair it. A lot of people use them for that. Yeah. But this means that Sean and Jiminy G from the Pie Factory podcast, if they got this set up, they could borrow PCBs from the Galloping Ghost and Underground Retrocade and play some proper arcade games at home on their TVs. Rather than emulating them. That'd be pretty cool. Now, surely this tech tip is easy enough for our US compadres. Mm. So that's that. Any questions on that, send send the questions to me and I'll tell you. Send them to me. Yeah, and Sean will just give you some nonsense answers. Uh, yeah, I'll just make stuff up. Well, I'll, I'll give you some half-arsed technology answers about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to get a drink. Should we put some mm. music on for the listeners while we do that? <laughs> yeah, this is your pick this time. What the flipping heck is it? This is the Rally X arrangement music, and it's pretty damn groovy. Oh. Oh. 
Do you like Very that? Nice. Do you like that Very remix nice. in an area, nice. kids? Yes. With your MCs see. and your JDs, or DJs, whatever they're called. Yes. Should we get on and do our feature? Featured game review. New Rally X. And it sounds just like this. No, not that. It sounds just like this, you fool. It's a good tune, that, isn't it? Do you remember that one from the advert? Y- yeah. The red car and the blue car had a race. Do you know oh. what? Do you know what year it is? That Ooh, tune. Eighty-five. Eighty-nine. Really? Like is that? I remember the advert really well. I thought. I thought maybe ninety-five. <laughs> if uh, yeah. some listeners from foreign shores are wondering what that was about, it was an advert for a chocolate bar when we were kids. Mm. Really good mm. uh, advert. Mm. So, new Rally X. Tell me about it, young man. Developed by Namco, Ballet Midway, Ballet Midway released it outside of Japan, 1981. 288 by 224 resolution, Z80 powered at 3 megahertz. Good old Z80. Oh, I know, awesome little things. Four-way stick on one button, that's all you need. The, the button releases a smoke screen. I call it the fart button. <laughs> released only as an upgrade upgrade kit for, the, for its predecessor, Rally X. Because Rally X was deemed too hard to play. And I think it is quite a bit harder than this. Mm. Right, gameplay. I have stolen all this from the Rally X flyer, so I don't have to write it down. How about them apples? Oh, well done. It's, I like this flyer, though. It says, a maze, a chase, and a race game all in one. A uniquely different kind of driving game that requires skillful strategy and quick reactions. Rally X. This is actually the flyer from Rally X, not new Rally X, because it wasn't Virtually one. the same, isn't it? Mm. Rally X is an exciting one or two player game with using a full colour video play field. Wow! Full colour! A radar screen that reveals positions of cars and checkpoints plus fuel gauge indicator. Is a full colour 16 colours? I don't, I, you don't need any more than that, to be honest. No, there's no, I don't think there is any more than 16 in the world. Uh, there, it might be 17. Mm. 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 With the four-way joystick, the player checks the radar screen and plans his strategy to use as little fuel as possible. Go around the maze, collect all the flags, don't run out of fuel. That's simple. Easy. Nice scrolling four-way maze. Mm -hmm. Increasing point values are scored for checkpoint flags after the special flag. You get the special flag, which has got an S by it. That Mm -hmm. S stands for special. I'm special, aren't I? Very. Yes. All the points <laughs> double after you get that flag. So get that flag first. If you can. Yeah, and then you get 100 times 2, 200 times 2, right up to the 10th flag, which is obviously 1,000 times 2. Mm. Each player starts with a full tank of fuel. Remaining fuel is added to the final score if you have any left over. Bonus! The red chaser cars try to wreck your blue car. The player can outmove and outmaneuver the red cars by throwing a smoke screen that causes them to spin and stall. Huh. You can also get them to bump into each other. Did you do this? 
Yes, we'll go on that. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But when mm. you use a smirk screen, it uses up your fuel faster, so try not to use it too much. Mm. There's also a new feature included in new rally acts, which was a flag with an L beside it, which gives lucky. you a few. Yeah, lucky flag, which gives you the fuel bonus. So the more fuel you've got when you hit that flag, the more bonus you get, which I reckon is about maybe 3,000 points to 2,750, something like that. It, if you've got it depends fuel. on how much fuel you've got left when you hit the flag. But when you do, it counts your fuel down as a bonus and then puts the fuel back exactly the same where it was. It doesn't fill your fuel up, unfortunately, mm. which you think it might do. But it just puts your yeah. fuel back where it was. It just gives you the amount left as a bonus times, I don't know, 10 or 100 mm. as it goes down. Mm-hmm. There are three to eight red cars, depending on the phase of the game. Rally X features a challenging stage at stage three, and every four stages after, so seven, eleven, fifteen. Is it spelled yep. correctly on New Rally X? Because the yeah. original Rally X was challenging stage. Challenging, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. The object of that, which I quite like, the bonus stage. Your car speeds up, and the other cars don't move until the fuel runs out. I think. Yeah. And you just got to collect all ten flags really quick. Don't bump into rocks. That's the only thing that can kill you. Oh, it says here, yeah, the eight red cars only start chasing when the fuel is yet low. Yeah, yeah, dodge the rocks. You don't want eight of them chasing you. Oh, no. Oof. Players start with three cars. Additional bonus cars is awarded at 20,000 points, which is adjustable, but we played that. Yeah, and, and later on, 80, 80 and 100, yeah. Mm. Rally X is available in three midway models. The Mini Might, which is their cabaret, yeah. cocktail table, and standard arcade. Do you know what? I recently found a Mini Mite for sale, but no mm. details yet. I would like to own it, though. I also found out there's a wall mount of Rally X, which also made. Yes, please. Mm. If anyone knows of a wall mount, I want it. Ooh, I didn't know that. Is that forward enough? I want it. Give it. Give it. This next bit I've stolen from main info. Oh, well I'm, st- I'm stealing stuff today. There's the differences in between Rally X and New Rally X. Mm-hmm. In New Rally X, the graphics of the cars have been slightly improved. The game has new background music, which I like better, but I know some people don't. I like the new new music, yeah. It's brilliant. Troll ads doesn't. Yep. The stage layouts have been simplified in order to reduce dead ends that a player could become trapped in. The number of enemy cars that appear in each stage has been reduced. The addition of the lucky flag that we've mentioned. The special flag now blinks on the radar, so you can go straight to it, which I yeah. always try to do earlier cool. on. By default, you now get an extra life at 80,000 points in addition to 20,000, and the number of rocks and enemy cars is indicated before the challenging stage. And something I noticed in the gameplay, you don't die when you run out of fuel. You slow oh, really? Up. Yeah, you slow right down. So you Ah, I thought you slowed right down and then stopped and died. I didn't realise you No, you actually... carry on going. Oh, so you, you can limp towards the last flag if you're lucky. Yeah. Oh, never done that. Up. Never got that far. Mm. Mm. Play tips and secrets. Oh, here's one. In service mode, if you hold down the fire button, move the joystick up twice, down seven times, right once, left six times, you get a hidden display message. What's that say? Don't know. Never tried it, but there is one. Probably says, what are you doing pressing all these buttons? You idiot. Just play the game. Start playing. It just prints a message on the screen that says copyright Namco 1980. Boring. I've, I've already mentioned these. Yeah, get the lucky flag to get a two to 3,000 point. Get the S, S flag first, and then it doubles all subsequent flags. 
Well, one little tip for you there. If you're going around and you can't find the lucky flag, and then if you hit the lucky flag at the very last, you don't get a fuel bonus at all for it. So best thing to do is leave two on there, have a quick look to see which one's which, and get the lucky flag before the last flag. So get it before the last one. If you have enough, enough fuel. Yeah, 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 definitely. Try not to turn back on yourself. Keep moving in the same direction to try and lead the cars behind you, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, I kind of try and go like clockwise or anti-clockwise around the map. Yeah. You, you reduce, you know, you reduce the chances of the cars hitting you. Later on levels, I, I, normally when you start the first five or six levels, the cars are behind you. Yeah. They start chasing you. But on the later levels, there's a couple of cars that start at the top. Never got that far. So you're kind of sandwiched. So you, I think it's about level 10 that starts. Yeah, I've gone up to nine before. So you've got to got to keep moving. Yeah. One of my uh, little tips, especially on the early levels, get all and all the bonus levels, get the flashing flag first, get the S flag. Because mm. on the early levels, you've got time to go and get it because there's only one or two cars, cars chasing you. They're quite easy to avoid. And all the bonus levels, get the S flag first, definitely, because you get twice the amount of points for that. Another tip I found out as well, I don't know how I did it, but I did it a few times, but you can get the chase cars to get stuck, and you can happily mm. go around collecting flags without being chased, so they just leave you alone. If you keep well away from them as well when you come back down the level, they will. if you don't, they will come out of their stays and come after you again. But if you can work out how to actually do this, you can just play the game forever. I'm pretty sure this is how the experts must play the game. Mm, yeah, I don't, it happened to me quite often. I'm not sure... It was normally down they, the right-hand bottom of the screen. They got stuck. Mm. I think if they hit a rock and you put some of your farty, farty spray around as well and then disappear off, they don't know where you are to track you. I think they just get mm. stuck bumping into each other and bumping into the rock, and they just get mm. like in a loop. But if you could work out how to do that properly, you could do it every single level and just go around and get the, the bonus flags without worrying about it. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a bug or what, but I, mm. it happened all over the levels with me. I say it's a tactic. Mm. If you could work f- out how to do it. A feature. Mm. Right, graphics and sound. I've put here functional graphics, no real flair, which is unusual for Namco at this time, especially when they're doing stuff like Sky Kid and all that lot. Mm. Actually, Sky Kid was later, weren't it? But like- sound, sound is okay. Nice tune plays during gameplay. Better than Rally X tune, in my opinion. I, lo- I do like it. I do like the tunes. The graphics are really, really basic, but it's an old game. 1980, mm. 81, wasn't it? Mm. So, yeah, mm. I think it's great. It does it does exactly what it says on the tin. You know, it's mm. easy. You walk up to it, put your money in, you know what to do. Simple. Simples. Mm. So, before we go on to the scoring, I did notice one thing, and we're going to give it a name. It's called the 10 pence effect. What happens, right, is you have these games, you think, oh, Rally X, yeah, I've not played it for years, I love that game. And you play it, and you get competitive with your Twitter mates, and you end up hating the game, or you end up disliking it, or not playing it as much, because you're playing it competitively, rather than just, you know, once every now and again. And you end up playing it, and then getting worse at the game. And it just, Mm -hmm. I've done this with a few games, you sort of go in thinking, oh, I loved that game when I was a kid, it was really good. And then you play it a lot, and you end up not liking it as much, and you probably never go back to it. Yeah, I've done that with a few of our games. There's there's been mm. a few the reverse ten pence effect, where mm. you think I don't like this game. I did that with Zookeeper, and I mm. really enjoyed it. I really got into it and loved it. Yeah, 
Mm. So yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Effect. I think that has happened to me with this game. Yeah, mm. and myself. We so, shall talk about that after these scores. We had loads of players again. Thank oh, you, everybody. Millions of them. Not quite a million. The world record on Twin Galaxies is 181,430, which yeah. isn't that much, is it? No, that's on the medium difficulty, and we were playing on a default, which is easy. Yeah, okay. I thought we'd be in the millions, you know. Mm. Ah, apparently, the score does not roll over at 1 million. No worries there, then. <laughs> and there's no world record on Orcade, either. It's just, just Rally X. So, mm. let's do the scores from the bottom up to the top, shall we? Yeah. We've got Mini Missile number 1, which is one of Rob McMullen's kids. Mm. You've got 14,550. Nice. Mrs. Ross Ross. Who's nice to see Mrs. is playing. 16,180. Rob Player Missile, which is Mini Missile Dad. 33,050. Andrew Driver, 47,060. Stacey King, 47,990. Alex Nintendo Arcade, our Chucky Egg himself, 53,500. Chris MCBL, Mooncrestor Bootleg. Chris Mooncrestor Bootleg. 64,530. Mark Happy Dude, 64,900. Tagster, 79,050. Lesley, 86,500. Gary Ferguson, 93,990. Button Mashing Fun, 101,470. We're into the 100K club now. Mr. Ross Ross, 104,830. Vip, 105,180. Michael Liz, 111,170. Myself, 114,860. Give myself a ping. <laughs> At that, that was on the medium level with two lives because I was on the yeah. wrong settings. Yeah. And I don't know how I did that. Mark K, 116,200. Mr. Trollnads, 120,860. Neil's 1637, 20 to 5, 145,290. Michael Burke, 149,360. Charlie Farr won his own track again. Because he's not absolutely amazing at this game, we'll put him in our track. And okay. he come like fourth or fifth. 152,830. Well done. Mad Stee, 162,150. Mr. Sean Holly, 163,300. And our winner this week, 174,320, Ian Cullen. Well done, Ian. Not far off the world record. And I don't think the medium is that much harder, you know. It's a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. You get a few more cars, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my score was actually better on the harder level. I got worse at this game as I played it, did you? The first score, the first good score I had was 135,000, and I did that within about two hours of playing it. And then for the next two weeks, I've sort of hovered around the 100,000. And then last night, just last night, I managed to get that 163. It just, everything went well for me. The stars and the moons aligned. I think that were it. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Mm. So yeah, some some really good scores there, near the record world records. I th- I really did think it would be in the millions that game. I thought people would work out how to get this car stuck and just whiz round. Mm. So yeah, I'm quite surprised it was only 183,000 the world record. So the cabinet art there isn't any for new Rally X, but Rally X looked rather swish on its own. Mm. As it was an upgrade, you could always just put a black marker pen on right new on it maybe. Yeah, over the marquee. No, don't yeah. ever do that to an arcade machine. I will cut your hands off. <laughs> this cab uh, is very similar to a Ms. Pac-Man or, or a Galaxian. You know, those those are old uh, Bally Midway or Namco cabs. 
It's mm. actually cream in colour. And it, yeah. and it's actually two inches less deep compared to a Ms. Pac-Man. I think that's because the vertical monitors mounted, they stick out further than a horizontal. Right. And I saw that on Todd Tucky's uh, video channel. That's on the TNT Amusements uh, video website, uh, video YouTubes. He's brilliant, that guy. Proper nutcase. I like him. He's great. Yeah. He does some really good restorations as well. Really nice. So the cabinet, I'm looking at a picture of the cabinet at the moment. There's a few different cabinets, but the normal one was cream in colour. had orange tea moulding, which is quite swish. And mm. it's, uh, you, know, can you imagine what a Galaxian cab looks like. So a really nice big marquee, because they had quite sort of eight-inch tall marquees on it, with mm. Rally X in sort of like 80s, 80s writing. And the funny little skeleton guy in, in the, the car. Mm. And... Yeah, it's, it's quite a good little graphic. You've got just a, quite a plain red and green stripey bezel around a screen. And you've got some nice red and yellow lines around the control panel. Some really weird red and white buttons on there for the smoke screens. Mm. And then down the bottom, you've got some kick plate art as well, which is the same guy in the, in the racing car, which is nice. That guy mm. may or may have not have been inspiration for the baddie called Turbo who was in Wreck-It Ralph. It's definitely him, isn't it? It's definitely yeah. him. I think it is. I think yeah. it's him. Yeah. The Trivia, the trivia, that was one bit of trivia. Mm. There are many bootlegs of this board in Europe and the UK. And apparently the bootlegs work better. Do they? Yeah. What I think, do you mean I think they're single-layer boards rather than dual-layer oh. with a dodgy cable in between. Right. I've, I've heard that the, the bootlegs are better, yeah. Some, that, that does happen sometimes. And according to Todd Tucky of TNT Amusements, Rally X was the first game to have in-level background music as it was playing. Oh. I'm not, maybe, could well be. And the first game to have a bonus round, like before Action Part 2. Yeah. Yeah, it was, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you'll have to check that out. I think it out. was a few months before Gallagher, yeah, definitely. Mm. Galaxian Part 2. Oh, yeah, that's it. Mm. So the ports and sequels and a legacy of this game... Only really the arrangement version on Namco Classics 2. But this is a vertical game. This is the, I've actually got that PCB. It's got Pac-Man, Dig Dug, and Rally X, a new Rally X on it. And you can play arrangement versions of all those games. And I did have a good go of the arrangement version of Rally X. Right. And the graphics are really, really snazzed up. And the music's a bit better as well, which we heard earlier. But it's quite a difficult game to play because... There's some levels that are sort of maze-like, like normal Rally X, but then you can go off into like the desert where there's no maze. You just run around in the desert in your car, oh. and you can get bonus oh. items, which you can you can actually shoot the other cars, and the cars will be repelled from you, and the cars will go slowly, and all sorts of other weird and wonderful, um, basically level ups, power ups for you. Mm. But it's, it's quite fun still, but it's not as good as the original, I don't think. And you can also play that weird version of Rally X on the the Jack's Pacific game thingy I've got, you know, the TV version of it. Mm. Which is not bad, actually. It's not bad at all. It's also on the 60 in one piece of it, which is a vertical version, but it's a really odd program hack because the letters are just rotated 90 degrees. Everything's rotated 90 degrees. Yeah, that's weird. So it? when you play game over, I think the R's are around the wrong way or something silly. I can't remember. Mm. The 19 in one version is pretty much spot on. That's what I was playing my version with. How did you play it? PC or did you put a 19-1 in your cab? A PC. Oh. Mm. You should be ashamed of yourself, sir. I couldn't I, be bothered to rotate the monitor. I know you've got a 19-1. You should have done. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just give you a... For that. Get him, sheep! 
There was also a version, I didn't know about this, called New Rally XS for special on Facebook. There was also a Dig Dug and a Pac-Man S2, but unfortunately been closed down now on Facebook. I'd like to have a go at those. They sound quite fun. There is a rather good version on the VIC-20 and the Commodore 64 called Radar Rat Race. And you control a blue rat and chased by red rats. You find cheese and avoid cat boulders. Mm. Yeah, so they just nick the idea and just change the graphics around. Naughty monkeys. I remember the name Radar Rat Race. That's quite a good name. Yeah. Mm. The Sprite Castle podcast did it a little while ago for the Commodore 64. Oh. Yeah. Overall thoughts and improvements. I have put it's all... I've always found it off-putting to watch a radar screen and a gameplay screen. It's kind of like splitting your concentration in two. Yeah. Defender, yeah, Defender and Bosconian do this, although I really like Bosconian. Mm. I find Rally New Rally X a good game, but with a 10p effect, I've played it quite a lot, mm. and I'm now bored of it. Yeah, oh, same <laughs> with me, mate. Same with me. Yeah, there's nothing to bring me back to this, I wouldn't have said. There's no... I know there's loads of other games that are very, very simple gameplay, and this one is, but I don't find it that addictive. I'll tell you what, as well, what you said about, I totally agree with you, the gameplay screen, when you've got the radar on the right-hand side, you're sort of looking at it, and because you're in a maze, you've got to look at it to find where, where the flags are. But on Bosconian, when you're looking for the spaceships, it's almost exactly the same kind of screen. You've got a right-hand bit at the side where your, your, your heads-up units are, and you've got your main play screen on the left. Mm. But with Bosconian, you just sort of need to know a general way to fly, and you will come across the big green spaceships, you know, the, the things out in space. And they're easy to find, you just destroy them. But on this game, you need to follow the, the, the map properly to get to the flags. And when you're looking away from the screen, that's when you hit a boulder or a red car will hit you. It's yeah. very easy just to lose where you're going for a second. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's difficult in that way. I find the game... I couldn't progress. I got worse at it, which really mm. annoyed me. And when I was playing the 19 and 1, I was sort of giving up and playing the game to the right of it, which is Ghosts and Goblins. And I was getting better at that. <laughs> so I sort of did that a little bit. This game really does remind me of Bosconian, which I own the PCB of. It's actually in one of my cabs at the moment. Exactly the same play screen with that play field on the, on the right, on the left, and the radar section. But, but I think Bosconian is more sedate, so it's not as fast apart from when you get red mm. alert phase, which we talked about in a previous podcast. And you don't suddenly get smacked by a stupid red car when you glance at the radar. Mm. Mm. It is a decent game, but I doubt I'll be going back to it. I would, neither. I, would say, I, don't yeah. think, I think it's ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah. well, I actually wanted to buy RGP's little mini Rally X, but I think I've gone off the idea now. Yeah. <laughs> meh. So, meh. Meh. Ten pence oh, effect. Well. What have we done? What are we doing to our <laughs> listeners? Ruin games for them. Well, quite a few people have said that. It's sort of split opinion on Twitter, this game. Yeah, I think some people mm. really hated the music because it's quite repetitive, but I like it. I I do what I do with a lot of games. I, I listen to music for a couple of hours, turn it off, and listen to podcasts while I'm playing the games. I don't think I could concentrate that well. Mm. <laughs> You've got a bigger <laughs> brain than me, I think. Always <laughs> massive brain, me. Okay, that's that one done, then. Mm. Excellent. Cabs you never knew existed. This one is from Time Warp Arcade. First oh, time I've ever seen it. I get it. 
you can see it on the walkthrough I did. It's Konami's Overdrive, a 1990 racer with similarities to Outrun. It's Ooh. very, it's very fast. It's the, you know, the scenery is really rushing at you. Immense sense of speed. No forks in the road like Outrun. Mm-hmm. So you can't choose each new stage. You just got to race along a predetermined path. First person perspective. So you can see the steering wheel. You don't see your car. Mm-hmm. So you, when you go around corners, the whole car tilts. Quite a good feel with that. The game is nothing special. It's obviously an outrun copy. It's 1990, so it's a few years after. But it also reminds me of Radmobile with a first-person perspective. And I think you can fall off cliffs and stuff like you can on Radmobile. Mm. And the flyer has some boobs on it. That's, <gasps> good. That's all right, isn't it? That's terrible. And the artwork for this, which is quite nice, is quite nice. It can be seen at 7 minutes 37 on my walkthrough video on Yowchob. So that's one I never knew existed. That did did exactly what it said on the tin. I've never heard of that game before or even seen it on MAME. Was it an upright or was it a sit-in cab? It was an upright and I've Googled it to try and find it and I can't find any pictures of it. Oh, wow. Quite a rare cab then, maybe. Yeah, must be, yeah. So it's there at Time Warp if you want to play it. Ooh, nice one. Mm. Well done, sir. Yeah, they had a few different ones, actually. You have to have a look. Hardware Heroes. Right, we talked about this earlier. Yes, Tell me about right. the Nezica X Live. According to Arcade Heroes, Nezica X2 Live is on the way. Okay. So I thought I'd look at the first one. Nessica X Live is Taito's digital platform, distribution platform, based mainly in Japan. It was released in December 2010. The idea is instead of buying boards, PCBs, operators can download new games from Taito's servers. The system is Type X hardware based, and some of the games are from the Type X2, Type X3, Type X0 are available. Mm -hmm. Taito allows arcade operators to download the games for free as part of a revenue sharing system so you you know you give the you give Taito some of the revenue okay and Taito splits that with the game developer as well here's some of the games and there's some good ones on it yeah there is you got Raiden 3 and 4 oh, yes please and that's on the Typex is that 2 hardware then I did have them when I had that Typex multi board yeah yeah they're mm. both on there Akai Katana so Caver on it as well yeah the Blaz Blue Fighter games, which I know are not bro- famous over here, but they are in Japan, mm, very definitely. big. The Groove Coaster games, those riv- rhythm games. Okay. Persona 4 Arena. It's another fighting game, isn't it? Mm. Ultra Street Fighter 4 mm-hmm. is on it. You can get that. Wow. The kits, quite a few King of Fighter games, up to 13. Ikaruga. Oh, right. That Skullgirls game that we talked about quite a while ago, the amazingly fast gameplay. And also they've put some classics on that you can download. Puzzle Bubble, Space Invaders, the three best Street Fighters in certain people's opinions, Street Fighter Zero Three, Alpha Three, Street Fighter Three Third Strike, and Street Fighter Two Hyper Fighting. And they've even got Elevator Action and the Rastan Saga. Oh, wow. It doesn't surprise me, you know, because... A Type X is just a PC anyway. And I do mm. know some people have got main working on Type X hardware. Right. So that's probably just, they've just done it officially, haven't they, with their own titles? It's mm. a good idea, though. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's, it's like a downloadable thing. And, and Sega have also developed an arcade digital distribution system. This was in 2004. I did not know that. Called All.net. Mm. It, start, it started as a way to save scores and leaderboards online. And then it developed into 
some crazy names come up something like all dot net dot p dot raz or something mm. and and you can now download over 60 games on that system wow and also konami do one but this is not for downloading games this is more like for online scores and leaderboards and they call it their e amusement system and it uses online user accounts tied to a contactless smart card called the e amusement pass and i've heard the las vegas arcade gate to guy toby nanakuan talking about these yes me i think i've even had one at one point because that arcade i went to in texas in austin used this card thing i think it might be something to do with that you put your credits Mm. on it as well and then i think it saves stuff on there yeah Mm. You, you log into an account and then you can you know use a card reader and a pin they're used for mostly for konami's rhythm games such as beat mania and ddr games oh excellent so that is Hardware Heroes. It's kind of, well, it's mostly that Nessica Live that I'm looking at, but I've also looked at the other distribution dig- things. Yeah, yeah, this sounds quite interesting, but the thing is we're never going to get that over here because there's not enough arcades to support it, unfortunately. Mm. And I think that sort of thing only works in Japan because I've heard, I think I heard Mark from The Hog talking about it once for some of the dance games. They couldn't, they couldn't upgrade their dance games because they have to be on this live thing and it's only in Japan. Something like mm. that, I can't remember. It's quite interesting, especially getting those old games. I never knew they had older games to download. Brilliant. Mm. Nice. I think the Nezica Live was in America a bit in that... In There's a chain called Round One USA, mm. and I think they had a few, but I don't think it ever took off outside of Japan. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? That'd be really good. Mm. But it must be big if they're doing a Nezica Live 2 system. So. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Cause maybe mm. they do um, a lot of other games as well in Japan, because the, there's a lot of games that... A very niche in Japan, and they've got a large following, like the horse racing mm. games and the the football trading yeah. games and the card games and all that sort of stuff. I bet, I bet they're all linked up to the internet somehow. So yeah. like tournaments mm. and stuff. So when I was in Japan, well, oh, nearly six years ago now, you'd see these cabinets, but you wouldn't see one or two. You'd see like fifteen in a row, and people would be mm. all playing against each other in the same place, and they'd be playing playing other people from you know different areas as well. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. None of that mm. I knew about at all. I knew any of that. Well done. Mm, thank you. Me image. Last thing. Next show's game. Mm. This is a listener pick, and my wife keeps asking for Dr. Mario. But other people have been asking for Berserk Speedy Bullets, and we had a poll on Twitter. What won the poll, mm. young man? Berserk Speedy Bullets, Fast Bullets, won it with 67% of the vote. Oh, okay. So what mm. we'll do... Is we said we're going to fix it like we normally do. We'll do Berserk this time, <laughs> and the next listener yeah. pick will be Dr. Mario. Ooh, on versus hardware, isn't it? Versus or hardware. it was on Play Choice, Play Choice 10, wasn't it? Play Choice 10 game. We'll do it when we do it? it. We'll find out later. But mm. we're going to be playing Berserk, as you said. This was a pick by a couple of people. Ian Cullen, who has won our high score competition this week, actually chose this. Oh, okay. That's it. That's his. Love, that's his thing for winning. Then his prize. I love Berserk. I love so Berserk. It, I've I've chose the fast bullets version because it, you can play it quicker. Slow bullets. You can if you get good, you can play it for a long time. We're looking at you, Charlie Farr, Mister John Studley. Eighty-five thousand he got oh a little Lord. while ago. So yeah, but, that'd be, uh, that'd be if, fun. If you get if you get ten thousand on Berserk fast bullets, you're a good. So the default settings, three lives, extra life at 5K, 10K, no box pattern. Oh, yeah, don't be doing that. If anyone's mm. seen the, one of the documentaries about Berserk, 
you're not allowed to go right, down, left, up, and keep doing that on the same patterns. Don't be doing that. It's cheating. And even if you can, you probably won't be able to do it very well because it's still quite hard. Mm, you can, by doing that, you know what's in every room because the rooms are not random then. Yeah, but that's just boring. Mm. If you do that, you'll get a slap in the kipper. <laughs> in the kipper? Yeah, I'm not sure where that is, but it sounds like Roman slang, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll give you yeah. a slap in the kipper. You git. <laughs> get out. Yes, that's it, kids. Berserk. If you put set one ROM on, that is the fast bullets one. I think set two is the slow bullets, which plays quite differently. We'll talk about both gameplay styles. Let's leave it till next time. But in the meantime, Mm. you're going to be reporting back for us on the UK VAC Megabeat. Yes? Yes, I shall see everyone there tomorrow, because this is recording on a Friday again. It is indeed. So that's about it. I will talk to Mm. you in two weeks time old son and everyone else thanks for listening see you later okay kids yes thanks for listening and thanks for playing bye bye see you soon you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page you can tweet me at 10pencearcade and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly we'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 